first time ever. Hear you loud and clearly. Uh, and it was going place. That stuff's great. But the game is not a roguelike. Boomer shooter. Bang. Hello, this is John St. John, and you're listening to KWEP In The Keep, bringing you all the hits from the finest in the world of gaming and entertainment. Now sit back and relax as the drowned god Cathala lulls your mind with the tastiest talk in town. Welcome to another chapter of In The Keep Podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherload. The Keep is a collective of gaming enthusiasts compelled by the drowned god Cathala to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. Okay, here we are 99 episodes later and Violent Heart finally got some time to come hang out with us. We also have Nave and Uncle Head and maybe some other people will join later, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I just got done with a four-hour power nap, and I feel amazing. Except for the being dehydrated part. How's everybody else doing? Great. I'm fine. I have my coffee, so it's all good. Yeah. I, I never thought that there would be 100 episodes of this. I, it wasn't like I didn't plan to do 100 episodes. It was more like I just... I never thought that, like, you know, eventually we'll get there at the beginning or anything. It was more like a just wake up tomorrow and do it again kind of thing and just keep repeating yeah. until you get results. Like it. Um, re- results still pending. But here we are. <laughs> We've had enough to make it this far. Yeah, I know. And the show has evolved so much, too, because, like, the theme originally was, like, Arena FPS. And, and that was the, that was probably why. There, no one could see a 100 episodes in mind because like how fucking far can that go? Um, which we still do from time to time, but it's, it's evolved into like this indie game show, which, cause it was like arena FPS. And then I was just like, well, just FPS or retro FPS of any kind. And then that became like, well, but I really want to talk about this other kind of game. And then, I mean, who the fuck knows what will be by episode 200. This will probably be like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Could be anything. Yeah, if you do a um, hundred so quickly, you're pretty prolific there. I mean, I don't know if it's prolific, but it's definitely a, I, I guess, in the podcasting world, a big deal to make it to a hundred. Because most people don't, I guess, they you know try it, don't like it so much, don't get the results they want to get, and then they quit. Uh, which is fair. I mean. It's it can be pretty demoralizing if you care enough about numbers. Like you, everybody kind of expects to be this kind of oh, I'm going to be an overnight sensation, and that's totally not the reality for most indie anything, especially podcasts. Like, but it's a growing medium. But how's everybody been? Let's stop talking about that. Like, how have how have we all evolved over the past two years? Like, neighbor isn't even around. At that time, no, I was, I was just there when, when the podcasting started, like when when you were looking for your first guests, but not at the real beginning. 
when it was yeah. just a, a gaming community of sorts. Well, I met you because of episode number two featuring Dots, right? And that's what because I was trying to find somebody from Open Arena, and I think you were the first person I messaged because you were at the top of the list. <laughs> yeah, on Discord. <laughs> you you mistake uh, got me mistaken with an admin at that at that moment, I guess. Yeah, but I was only on top of the list because we won <laughs> one of our. Uh, weekly or monthly tournaments so i didn't I, know if you were an admin but uh, i knew you were a winner <laughs> and <laughs> to who did i uh, send you then i th i guess meow and meow sent you straight to dots <laughs> yeah it was just like this wild goose chase of trying to find somebody willing to go on air about open arena which makes sense now in hindsight like yeah who would want to do that what what brave individual yeah, if, would put their life know, on the line? If you know the inner workings of the open arena community in general, uh, you won't have those questions anymore. <laughs> Even then, it was like still working hard for the hot takes, man. Like, cause I couldn't have imagined just in that short period. That was like first episode was Violent Heart, and then the second episode, I'm like, okay. What can I do to like even come close to that? I'll go dig up the open arena people. <laughs> and then it just cascades from there. It's just like, how much harder can I make this on myself? <laughs> up to the point where you like, surprisingly fatality was like the easiest guest ever to get on. Like I always thought that was going to be like, a, I'm going to have to go talk to his people kind of thing. But I just messaged him on discord. I was like, Hey, you want to do this? And he's like, yeah, I'll be there. That was it. Whole conversation. <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's who he is he's he's pretty chill with stuff like that it seems like yeah man it is interesting uh learning who the people are who are like that and like i have run into very little like bullshitty like people who are like oh no you gotta go talk to my people or whatever like very little of that happens if ever but it's like the people who you think are going to be like the hardest to get in touch with are always like, for some reason, the easiest people to talk to you. Just very chill, very relaxed. Like, yeah, let's just do this. Disaster piece was the same way, which I don't even think that episode's out yet. This is episode 100. I think he's scheduled for a couple weeks from now, but same thing. He was just like, emailed me right back within five minutes. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. Like, oh, okay. Don't you have like a movie to score or something? <laughs> Or another game to make it like a, uh, an award-winning album for him. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, well, Solar Ash Kingdom is going to be fucking awesome, man, from from the looks of it. It's 3D Hyper Light Drifter uh, with a team that is now experienced and has published a game before and has grown and made a lot of money. So. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, Uncle Had, how have you grown up since then? Because that you. Oh, I've been in. doing fine. I'm not making album art anymore. I made the new logo. That was fun. That was a a great experience with the mother load. Mm. Um, a lot of direction given, and you know, it was a great creative process. We had to drop that. <laughs> <laughs> we dropped that like at like realms deep was the cutoff like. Well, no yeah, more. I'm not doing this anymore. 
Well, it was just because there was a lot of stuff going on at that time. I had school coming back up again. I was like, I, I need to take a break. And we were like, well, let's just redesign the logo and make a whole new just generic album art cover. And that works pretty good, too. It was still fun doing like 60 plus episodes of custom album art. That was a lot of fun. It, it sucks because that's what a lot of people really liked that about the show. That was like a, a huge reason people would write and they'd be like, man, the album art is so great. I wish more people saw it. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I wish more people knew that we existed. Well, I didn't do all of them. I, I got the, uh, it was originally started by uh space. Like he yep. did all the original layout and stuff like that. And I, he, I took over because he actually does design for a living. And he's like, I I'm busy doing shit for the real world. Do you want to do it? You seem enthusiastic about it. And I wanted to get more into graphic design at the time. So that was perfect for me. That's what I did. I just took over. He sent me the template and we went from there. Speaking of, I actually just heard back from space. Like, 30 minutes ago because i invited him to come do this with us yeah he said yo smiley face it's really kind of you to offer but i have plans to head outdoors around 11 which no, means him and the wife are going to do some shit oh shit flambo's here <laughs> now i've been here for half an hour but my wife is making us i'm muted um okay <laughs> that's your daily flambo everybody has to have a daily flambo where was i Oh, yeah. Space. So, so Steve's Space is hanging out with the wife, but he says that uh, it sounds awesome and he loves us all, apparently. So, Oh, nice. So, if you talk yeah. to him, give him my regards. Oh, I will. Tell him we miss his luscious lips. Yeah, we miss him. I Those but, uh, nice uh, digging sessions in uh, Deep Rock Galactic. <laughs> but he, Rock yeah, he designed. He designed the original logo and was doing the album art for the first little while there when we were still doing it with State of Quake. And then, you know, it, it be- nobody really thought this was going to become a an enterprise of any kind. And not that it is in any way, but like I stayed very consistent. I'm like, I'm publishing an episode every week, come hell or high water. And <clears throat> that's when you stepped in and had and you were like, well, if he can't do it, all, which is exactly the way the podcast started in the first place, because I was like, well, if State of Quake ain't going to happen, by God, we're making something. Yeah, and no, then, I joined on episode eight. Uh, that was uh, Messiah, I do believe. I'm looking at my files here. Yeah, Messiah yeah, was the yeah. first one I did. I remember that, because that was like the really cool black and white with like the gray uh, cement kind of thing going on behind it, if I remember. Yeah, Space showed me the wonderful... Uh, uh, anybody that's looking to design some fun album art and stuff like that, or any kind of needs backgrounds <laughs> for good graphic design, un, uh, Unsplash... Yeah, unsplash on uh, Google it. It's a great, but uh, just you know, just royalty free website for stuff. It, and a lot of the album art was designed using some of those stuff as like the backgrounds for the for the early days. Well, you came um, like really far really quickly because if you go back and like actually side by side every album art, like the in, uh, the one with Ico Pigeons, you did that one. That was the yeah, first no, that one. Did. That one I had to like rip the resources because I didn't have the actual Photoshop files, so I just drew over yeah. like a three thousand by three thousand image that I had. Yeah. It worked. It technically worked. Nobody noticed. Now I you think, know. I think no one noticed but spaced because he, oh, he had he like did. a. <laughs> yeah, he had a bit of an aneurysm. He's like, oh, everything's off. It's like, what do you mean? And then I could see like the 
just the tick go off, and I was like, I'm going to show you some stuff. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> Blood vessels popping in his eyeballs. Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? My baby. <laughs> no. it's, like watch- it's like watching somebody use Photoshop and not use shortcut keys. It's that infuriating level of just like, what are you doing? Yeah. But no, no, I understand. No, I mean, it, that's the whole story of this, this show is like, there's a job to be done and ain't nobody doing it. So somebody better do it. <laughs> Um, guys, I think he had like a busy work week and just like didn't, you know, have time to get around to it. And I was just like, yeah. oh, he still yeah. did episodes from time to time. Like I'm missing, what is it here? Uh, episode 11, 12. Um, just like, yeah, looking through them. There's like there's a few of them that he, that he wanted to do himself. And there was like certain special episodes where he's like, I got this. And I was like, no, I understand <laughs> he, he <laughs> certain guests, on, right? Like, Quake legends. Like, uh, so he, he think, I think he took on the second appearance of Loctar and, no, I, uh, well, he might have. I did the first one. I no, did episode did. twenty. Yeah, I did. Because Loctar was like before that. There was two instances of Loctar being on the show. That's what I'm saying. Like, wait, when original... did you do the tournament? He did that big tournament where you're like, you're, you're gonna do great and shit, and then he came back, and then you're like, yo, oh my god, here we go, here we go. I'm about to, we got to look at I'm this. You know, Loctar was definitely episode twenty. Review the tape. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at Lock the was episode here. number seven. Oh shit! It, so he did episode seven and then episode twenty, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. The, the, okay. Looking back, this show started out strong. It was like Quake Four, Open Arena, Dusk, World. Back when that was still a, kind of a thing. Yeah, BPS on there on episode ten. Number four was Cygib. Ooh. Like. And then uh, Human Bones, which that started a whole thing. That was like a cascading nightmare of events that turned into the partnership with the Multiplayer Doom Federation. And then that, and then I was like in dire straits. I'm like, shit, what are we going to do now? And that became, <laughs> let's just have I Kill Pigeons on and talk about the Orange Bucket acting troupe, like the VR acting group he's in, which is awesome. Um, that's still a great episode. Like people still sometimes write me and say, like, I wish you would have that guy on more. And I'm like, man, I wish I did too. What period was this? Was this like two years ago? Three? No. That was published that May 9th of 2019. Yeah. Two years I'm again. looking at the date we lost access to like around episode 14 and 13 was like, yeah, August 5th and August 12th, like around that time. Yeah. Yeah. And then Loctar was on for the first time. And Loctar was like, I knew at this point that eventually State of Quake was going to stop producing the show. Like I, I wrote to Unkind and I was like, okay, uh, I can tell that you producing this show is, you know, just you going out of your way to do it in, the, in your extra time, which was amazing. Like, thank you. But it's t- I'm t- going to take this seriously and I'm going to learn how to use, cause I didn't even know how to use audacity or anything. I didn't know anything about recording stuff, nothing at that time. Um, and so he kind of gave me the rundown. He kind of showed me the ropes. Like this is how you make produce a podcast. And I think I produced number five and six myself and sent it to him. And then number seven was the first official, like I'm taking on the show completely. I bought, you know, a hosting site, which at the time was Buzzsprout. And from there on, it's, it's all me, uh, production wise. 
Um, where were we going with that though? No, uh, spaced on art. So I think he he returned again for Machiavelli. He was like, and yeah, I think he, he did. did Milton. Didn't he do Milton? He did do Milton. Yeah, he did eleven yeah. and twelve, and those are the ones I'm missing here. Uh, yeah, Milton, he did eleven and twelve. Yeah, Milton was, and I think might still be. I lost a lot of the stats when I switched hosting sites, but I was blown away by how many people showed up for Milton. It was like you know we're getting. 50, 60, maybe, you know, on a good week, a hundred kind of things. And then Milton was like a thousand in no time. Like I woke up the next day and I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but if we're really digging into the history of the show, number 15 is the, that's when the show. Went. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. From, from like this silly little thing to Pandora's box opens up. And that was Andrew Holschult. Um, wow. What a mm. guy. <laughs> that was fun. I got to be on that podcast too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, I, do you think I should tell the real story of that podcast had now that we've had some time to get away from it? Uh, we can edit it out if we need to. You could if ask, we regret it. Yeah. If we regret it, we can edit it out and ask uh, Mr. Holschult himself. It's okay if we talk about it. Oh, I don't. I don't think he'll mind. Oh no, you're talking about that. Oh, the different we acknowledge incident. It. Okay, we're so not there, talking about that incident. Don't. Oh, worry. I'll tell that incident too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. There's two this, incidents. This is one of the greatest things that ever happened. Because uh, w- let's just start off with this. This fucking episode was. It, 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 there was so many forces going against it from happening. It, it was almost like they were telling us not to publish it, but we're like, we're gonna publish it anyways. Fuck all you. So yeah, it was great. Uh, Violent Heart was was there. Uh, so me, him, and uh, Ease and X two four were you know four four sexy dudes cohabitating at QuakeCon, and we all brought coolers and, and stocked the room up with beer. And so that basically QuakeCon was just me drinking ungodly amounts of beer the whole time which is what you do at QuakeCon. apparently this is my first experience but i think i nailed it and a couple days in i'm walking around the byoc and who's standing next to the new blood area but andrew holschult because i walked up uh to talk to david oh this is another stupid aside i walked up to talk to who i thought was david but was actually steve of new blood because they're like twin brothers. They're both just big, jolly <laughs> dudes with beards. I was like, hey, David. And he's just like, oh, I'm not David. David's over there. And I go, oh, oh there's David. And then, sure enough, he's standing next to Dave Oshry. And I'm like, hey, guys. And then there's this third guy there. Because I knew what and- I knew Andrew Holschult was a dude with long hair and a beard, like a big beard. But I didn't, you know, there's a lot of that. I mean, that's 90% of the people who show up for fucking gaming conventions anyway. So I didn't even realize that this was him standing next to us. And I was just like, yeah, you know, you guys ever want to do a podcast episode? And then Holschultz like, uh, wait, you're the in the keep guy. And I was like, yeah, because I had emailed him. You know, I'm like, dude, you should be on the show sometime. And, you know, he obviously had bigger and better things to do, but he couldn't turn me down in person. So he's just like, he was pretty wasted too. He's just like, let's go do it right now. So we go up to the hotel room and I had like the little stupid, 
uh, studio, like with microphones all over the place around the couch and shit. And we sat down, recorded an episode. And then when I sent him the audio, cause I always do that, he was just like, uh, Oh, we can't publish this. And I was just like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> and he agreed to do a second recording on discord with me and uncle had. And that was where, we, where the real drama starts had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was, that was, that was fantastic. So that was when you were using, uh, was it a multi-track <laughs> recording software or something like that? I, I used OBS at that time. Oh, that's right. So you had OBS recording, uh, discord and then your voice separately. Yep. And so when I listened back to the recording, it was <laughs> Uncle Had and, and Andrew Holschult and long periods of blank space that should have been me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was so. I'll never forget that moment where we end the podcast. We're like, oh, yeah, great. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you, you'll have a good day. And then I'm being a goober right after that and just saying, oh, but, but that was so much fun. Had shut up. <laughs> um, okay. Um, just, just, just shut up for a second. And I was like, oh, uh oh, uh oh. And he's like, I got to mute myself. Give me a minute. You know what Three I did? Three minutes in that later. Time? I'm guessing you were just fucking scrubbing through that audio looking for anything. Well, well, once I realized like I'd had my moment to kind of scream with no one hearing me, uh, I, I think you'll probably remember. I was like, I gotta go. And I, I just left for like a couple hours and came back. I uh I got up, left my house, and went to my buddy's house and helped him move a bunch of heavy furniture. Cause I just had to get out some frustration and he called me and said he needed me, and I was like, sure, let's do that. And then I came back, sat down, and dubbed the whole episode. I dubbed myself into the whole episode. So anybody who goes back and listens to number 15, that's not really me talking to them. Now, here's the thing. I've, I was there for the entire conversation, and he re-recorded all the, the questions pretty much exactly how he even like, like played it off. And like the exact, like when we were talking originally, it was kind of uncanny. I was like, it doesn't sound like you stitched yourself in. You knew exactly what you said. Yeah, I mean, I, I re-listened to it. This took me a long time. Like, I re-listened to it. I got an idea of, like, okay, this is what I said. It wasn't, like, we weren't doing three-hour-long podcasts at the time. It was pretty pretty standard length, like an hour or something like that. And I was just not going to bother him to, like, hey, dude, I know that I fu- we fucked up the first recording because we were both barely speaking English and we've, and then I fucked up the second recording that you were so generous to do. Uh, so can you do it a third time? Like that wasn't going to happen. So yeah, no, that wasn't going to happen, but yeah, no. So like in, you kind of created like your own little interview training tool. Like how do you ask a question and sound good while doing it? Like you got like three attempts at that and like you almost, you kind of cheated it, but you made it sound really good. (laughs) (laughs) Like I told my girlfriend that she's like I could even tell. Like we listened to that episode on the way to up to the camp because we need time to kill. It's like a six hour trip, right? So yeah, there's two hours right there. Just looking back over the catalog, it there's like names that kind of pop up in the list, and you're like, oh, that's when I became friends with that person, and they're they're like remain 
a, a standing relationship to now, like friends of the show, friends of in the keep and, and of me, per, like me personally, like I, I've met a lot of really, really interesting people now who I like cherish, but only because I, I would have never met them if I didn't have this stupid podcast to be like, Hey, do you want to talk to me for an hour for no reason, except because I said so. And they're like, <laughs> I mean, for some reason, Oh, other people are going to hear our conversation. Yeah. That sounds great. makes it <laughs> desirable in some way. Uh, like Loctar, right? First time he's on the, the it's Quake World Pro and this is Loctar has retired. He's not coming back. And then the next appearance of Loctar is QH Land 2019 dual champion Loctar. Because <laughs> I talked him into going back. First of all, I was like, you have to do it. You better be there. And that was I the first, he'd never won. retire, but these bastards keep dragging me back in. <laughs> he was going to retire with no dual championship at QH land under his belt. And he, that's the year he did it. All because I, I filleted him so much. And then he made him fight again and make him lose it. <laughs> you piece of crap. No, I'm just kidding. That was, that was fun too. That was later that year, wasn't that? Uh, um, the Pigeon Classic? No, no, no. This is the QH land. In, oh uh, no, I know, but like, didn't he do? Did, didn't we get him back for uh, for the the pigeon classic? Like right after that, for a grudge match? Or oh some shit? yeah, yeah. Like shortly thereafter. That's yeah. That's when we did like the him versus BPS charity mm-hmm. match. You're right. You're we'll right. get to that though soon. <laughs> I don't know. And like, where does it go? From? Fucking there. Who else pops up around that time? Devastation. Rotten Rose. That was all Shazik. Part of my, what did Shazik uh, play again? Shazik, yeah, Shazik was Quake. Which he Quake was, though? He was a uh, Beyond Strafe Jumping podcast. Oh, that's right. That was like, I mean, he was interviewing all the European pros, like people I didn't have access to. Even uh, he had uh, like Avic, and uh, I think he did Machiavelli. Yeah, he did Machiavelli well before we did. He did a lot of really interesting stuff. He actually, I believe, quit Quake Champions to go pursue. Uh, an Overwatch career, like he he did, he wanted to b- like become a pro Overwatch player, and I think that's what he's doing now. Yeah, well, Overwatch is like every character is pretty much a derivative of some Quake uh, like gameplay style, right? You got your lightning gun characters, yeah. you got your rocket launcher characters, and all this. The grenade characters are strong as hell. Yeah, but you got your Team Fortress elements in there too, so it's it's pretty awesome. I, I don't blame him for going over to something like that. Smango QuakeFans dot net was in there somewhere. Um, and Devastation. That was another one of those people that I met at QuakeCon, but I didn't interview them there. But that was the beginning of a long and beautiful friendship, too. Ah, so cute. Yes. Uh, we were, we already covered Bones' first appearance, but that's kind of where uh, things start to get a little more interesting because, let's see. When did, uh, when did Talking Doom number one 31 July 2019. So this is actually the worst day in history. Just before uh, all the QuakeCon stuff happens. I'm uh, I'm sitting there. I don't know who the next guest is going to be. I'm panicking. I'm talking to to uh, Nationwide Moose and I'm like, who can we have on? And he's just like, I know a guy. And talking to him with Flambeau was born. <laughs> yeah, simple as that, indeed. <laughs> Nothing more to he add, told, sorry. <laughs> he told me this story. He's like, there's this legendary guy, this Dutch guy, and he like he got so drunk one night that he 
he said he was going to go walk his dog, and he came back 30 minutes later, and he walked his leash around the block. I opened the door, and the dog was standing inside looking at me. I'm like, how did you get inside? He never came outside with me. Fuck. So I had to go again. That was indeed an interesting night. So, so meanwhile, what was old Violent Heart doing? Because... You, uh, you you had that whole experience where we played at QuakeCon, but you had to use my shitty computer because yours gave out. And then, where have you where have you been since then? You've just kind of been like living life, you know, like not really doing much Quake stuff nowadays. Yeah, I haven't played much Quake since then. Um, basically, been doing stuff with my career. I got moved into a new role uh, at the company I work for. And it's into a lot of like really hard software engineering stuff, things that I never envisioned myself doing. So I've had a lot of learning and it's it's a lot of hours of work anyways on top of the learning. So I've just been kind of doing that, playing a little bit of the, the new Doom single player, trying to play a little bit of old Doom single player. I think right now I'm going back through like Final Doom and all that. But I, I really don't play Duel or Quake or anything. Um, I think I've played maybe two or three Duels in the last half year. And they were with uh, Sir Hadoukant here. Just trying to, you know, like not lose my feel for it, I guess. It's it's interesting because we're at the, this kind of point now where your your generation has kind of like given off to a totally new generation of players. Mm-hmm. Like... And and that's obviously like a much bigger spectacle than it ever was at you know that, it's weird because like Quake Three was a huge spectacle but then like you came in kind of Quake Four era where it was still there was still some of that but it's just you know that we see this kind of devolvement for a while and then in the past few years like basically since since Champions and, and Live and everything kind of I guess revitalized it in some small way but now it's like you know. Rafa, like everybody in esports, even if they don't follow Quake, knows who Rafa is or whatever. Um, but he's like one of the only people who had like that super longevity in the career. Like even like Mac- I mean, Machiavelli doesn't play anymore. You you're kind of at that point where you're just like I- I'm an adult now. I have like a real job and a mortgage and like shit to do. It's it's fun to like watch people grow up. Well, yeah, I mean I'm. I'm old enough and played long enough. I can actually say that I played against like old man toxic in a yeah. couple of events, head to head stuff like that. Didn't obviously didn't go too well for me. Got a few frags on him, but that was it. Um, he's, he's the only other one I can think about. That's like my age and still around competing. And I mean, you guys saw he's, he's kind of chilling and taking it a little bit easy, even though he's still competing too. It's, it's wild. But there's so many fantastic players that have popped up. I think uh, Lateral Lulls just qualified uh, in the Challengers League like yesterday or something, right? Like these are people that I remember seeing like kind of popping into the diamond ranks two years ago, like when we were starting the show. Yeah, and he wasn't even part of it because like the the Challengers now is way different. I mean, I made yeah. the finals of the QPL Challengers one for North America. I ended up getting second, and he wasn't around. I mean, I I never played against him, and now like he's you know took he's taken QC further than I did. I think. Side note: Didn't you win the Canadian Championship two years in a row? I yeah, I've, um, even though you're not Canadian. <laughs> Yeah, actually, the only one that I didn't win, I didn't play in. Um, 
I, I can't remember why I didn't, but yeah, I won, I won the like two out of the three or something like that, but it was two years in a row. And I think in their discord, I'm still listed as the Canadian champion. If I look. <laughs> That's amazing. Wyoming, yep. Wyoming is honorary Canada. Yep. It has uh Yenum and chain and sometimes Gell is listed as Canadian pros. And then one ring above them is the Canadian champion. Me. It's been that way for, I mean, two years now. It was it was when uh, time limit duel was in PTS only. Still, yeah, that was that was their last tournament. So it's been that long. Is it uh, Genic is the only other guy I can think of like top notch mm-hmm. Canadian players at this point? Mm-hmm. But like, he wasn't. I mean, he's relatively new to champions because for a while there, I remember like we would play Genic in live, but like he just somehow decided like fucking I'm going pro and then qualified and has pretty much been a mainstay I think since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kinda how it was for me, I guess. You said I came in at Quake Four, but I, I played a lot of Quake Two, a uh, little bit of Quake Three pretty early on. Actually yeah. I mostly played Rocket Arena in that and went back to like Quake Two Duel. So I was yeah. like sort of active in the scene over the years, but I didn't really like decide to take it far until Quake Four and I kinda like you were saying with him, just decided one day to go for it. Got lucky, got a sponsor, got a lot of fun. Probably, probably more than I deserved. And uh, here I am <laughs> talking to you guys. I guess. Well, we love you. Well, <laughs> theoretically, theoretically, allegedly, yeah. <laughs> allegedly, yes. <laughs> oh man! And then, uh, so I don't know where where do we go from there? It's like there's so much to this catalog. Brad Carney, that was another QuakeCon guy, and then uh, number thirty-four, we got Szymanski. That's a, that, another beginning of a beautiful relationship because, I mean, Holschult uh, obviously opened the door for this, but now people look at Holschult. Uh, I'm like, hey, David, would you like to be on the show? And we had briefly met at QuakeCon, but he's like, oh, Andrew did it. Yeah, I'll do it. And then that was when the the boomer shooter area of the show kind of kicked off. I'll give Brad Carney some credit in that uh, rack technically was a boomer shooter, but it was like before the real resurgence kind of happened. But then it was like three episodes in a row. It's David Szymanski from dusk, Bruno from nightmare reaper and wrath and on ruin, which were like the three biggest boomer shooters coming out at the time. And, I think the next one, yeah, next one after that was Proteus. I had Dragonfly on, which was a weird one because I didn't know that he was working on Proteus. I reached out to him because of Ev Eternity. Like that, I had kind of fully gotten into this is the first real like Doom Megawad that I was uh, I played, and I was like, I want to talk to that guy. Little did I know he was actually the level designer on Proteus. So I had four in a row of at that time the biggest, coolest, newest boomer shooters coming out, and that fundamentally changes the direction of the show from there those were fun album arts to do too like nightmare reaper kill for kill pixel dragonfly yeah because that's the first time that we really got like you know here's the press kit to make stuff it wasn't just like send us your oh yeah so we got (laughs) like i got like access to like 4k images of like all their artworks and stuff like that which is great because it's awesome wallpaper stuff Thank you. Like, <laughs> I have so many nice wallpapers. It's wonderful. But anyways, like they were great to use for backgrounds for the album arts in different ways because there were usually uh, stuff you would see like in the backgrounds of of 
of like their pages on Steam or something like that. Something you wouldn't normally see a high resolution image of. Usually you'd see like 300 by 600 or some shit like that. So it's really nice to see them in there like, because they are huge pieces of art. Like you look at something like a, uh, it's a little bit later on, but we got access to like, like or Kill Pixel. We got access to, uh, what was it? Uh, the Wrath Aeon of Ruin press release kit, which included like 3D Realms with Slipgate or uh, like studio stuff. Like it was fucking awesome. Yeah. It was that like looking back on it, it <clears throat> doesn't seem like such a big deal anymore. But like, this is like what's really cool, I guess, about doing what we're doing right now is that I can really looking through the catalog, see these transitionary moments like of when, you know, when we took another step and when we got a little bit too, you know, I, I was going to say too big for our riches, but we, we actually just loosened the belt a little bit, I guess. Yeah. We just realized that people are like, this is, People realize they like, hey, they act, people have interests in this. Sure, I'll do a podcast. Why not? Well, it's like a, it's a, it's a thing where you know that like you start out with. I don't know how we got the first several awesome, like I guess Genic because you know we had played a lot of Quake Live with. He was familiar with us from that, yeah. and then you know onesies and twosies there. But mostly it was just kind of like you know community people like, hey, you know, Havericks, uh, I really like your website. That at that time that was. Quake.cz was the only actual like statistical site keeping track of everything accurately for yeah. Quake Champions. Because fucking Bethesda site was dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty bad. It, that kind of stuff. And then uh, we had Doombringer. Christus was on there pretty early too. But then this moment right. yeah. was really like a, a game changer. And, and I think that was when Doombringer was not really a boomer shooter. It was, it was a in arena fps that's right, right. that's right yeah. it was a, i thought that's why when yeah. i saw like the the all the updates for it i was like whoa yeah, this is but... going to be actually something not just another another uh, one they fly not, not... yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um doombringers coming out into early access like by the time people hear this podcast it will be out i think it's july 4th fourth or, or sorry not july june 4th or 5th so at that point by the time people hear this hopefully nothing goes wrong between now and then and mm-hmm. everyone will be playing doombringer and now doombringer is like a spectacle like or- organ grinder like people eat doombringer up it's so cool it's different that's what people want <laughs> yeah man it's, it's similar but different like it's, it's such a weird thing to, to have to request but it works yeah then uh, you get like Ultra Kill and Heat On. We squeezed in there, and ooh, Big Eye Guy and No Will. I I met the, uh, Big Eye Guy at QuakeCon too. He like walked up to me like, "Hey, you're the in in the Keep podcast guy. How come you guys don't make episodes anymore?" I was like, "What the fuck do you mean?" And he's just like, "Well, I listened to like the first six, and then I didn't hear any more from you guys. I was a really big fan of that show, and I was like, uh, I realized he was listening on like the State of Quake SoundCloud page." And didn't get the memo <laughs> <laughs> that we switched, but we had we had him on. That's that was your a really fault. Cool one. That was yeah. that was the first one that I sent to my grandma because he was a, he he made Slot Mania. He was like a designer on Slot Mania, the mobile game. Oh God! And, and Mama's real into gambling. So <laughs> <laughs> she play, I mean she she plays slots on her phone all day long, dude. You have no idea. This like 
especially like uh like covid times like everybody can't go to the boats every weekend which was you know that's that's what mall malls do in the south you go to biloxi every other weekend and gamble all your <laughs> grandchildren's college funds away yep <laughs> hey if you um, win big though they get a better college fund there you go I uh, I had a real time. Or they don't have to attend college at all. <laughs> That's what I, I didn't. I didn't even go to college. So it doesn't matter. Um, Champ, Rocket Jump Zone. I had a real hard time getting him to do the show, and now here we are doing the uh, the Zen Sports stuff with them. The Zenotic tournaments recently have all been produced by Rocket Jump Zone. Um, I should say. The, the tournaments are put on by Rocket Jump Zone. The streams are produced by In the Keep, and then this, you know, Zen Sports sponsoring everything. That was that's been a, a whole endeavor that's totally separate from the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's been at it for a while. Actually, when I came back to playing Quake, it was early on in QC. There weren't really any North American tournaments yet, so I played overseas in a couple of his events. My first one, I think, didn't go so well, but. Um, I made it to the lower bracket final, got third in one of them, and was knocked out by Vangerer, actually, when it was the round format. I took him to five rounds on Blood Run, and then he 3 owed me the next map. But um, <laughs> he was the one that got me back into it, too. I played with High Ping on his stuff to get going. Oh, man, I just... When you said he 3 owed me, I had just forgot that Quake Champions used to have round-based duels. Like... And- you just hit a light switch on like, yeah, that, that transition happened somewhere in there too. Right. Yep. Yeah. When was, was that? That's what I was talking about. The Canadian champion stuff. That was yeah. like, uh, maybe a little, well, it was basically almost two years ago, maybe right around this time. And that was, uh, the last Canadian tournament I played in. It was time limit duels, but it was still only in PTS. So it was, it was about two years ago. That's right. I remember that. That was like, oh, God, so frustrating. Like, you join a lobby and you're like, oh, we only play on the PTS. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what is the, what is going on here? Yep. But that was why. I had the PTS. I just like, it was just so much of a fucking, you had to, I mean, that, that was always the struggle with champions is like trying to find people to play with, you know, regularly. And then, so you can't just go into PTS and join a lobby and then get a duel. Like that was pretty, not within your uh, rank or whatever. So we had to kind of come up with the whole system. That's kind of how the discord evolved was like, you know, all right, sign up for a game and we'll ping you. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll let you know when we're playing. Uh, what else happened in that time? I'm going to go get some water. You guys fucking... Figure something out to talk about. <laughs> well, I will talk about you when you're gone, so that's good. Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing this, like when I edit it, but I'm not going to hear it now. Yeah, but we're gonna, yeah, yeah. So take a piss and a poop. Yeah, I'm gonna take a leak too. Be right back. Yeah, let's just all take a leak. When he comes back, just everybody just say nothing. Yeah, just say nothing. <laughs> Hello, Edikins. Nothing. 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 I'll take a, I, I have to make a quick sandwich. I'm fucking starving. Yeah, I'm going to get a drink, too. I got to get a Malibu. Don't leave me hey. alone in here. Uh, Don't leave me alone with my thoughts. Don't worry. I'll put on hey, some music hey, for hey, you. It'll help the time pass by. You're supposed to be alone. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. But we still love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mean. 
What's mean? He invaded our country twice. What? That's only that's only being jealous because yeah. And my and my grandfather wants his bike back. By the way, never got the world championship. Nah. Hamid Rudi. What happened? Like, <clears throat> no, we're having the the European Cup again going, and then there is always like the the real war between the Netherlands and Germany, but without actually fighting a war. It's it's just all about football. That's the best. We are the best yeah. enemies when when it comes to international football. Yeah, that's the best matches. Like. Intense. <laughs> yeah, we even into it was back in the eighties, but we even introduced our Lama strategy. Yeah. Frank Reichardt. Correct. Yes. Of the Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. He just spit him in his hair. Damn it! Point. I was sitting at a friend's when we watched that, and we all went nuts. Are you that old? I was shitting my diapers back then. The European Foosball Championship? Yeah. Maybe shouldn't you be competing? Hmm? Be right back. No, 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 not not foosball. It's the the football. Football, real football, not foosball. That's not even... Foosball is the only real sport. There is. So, little known fact about Nave is that he is a... Top notch. Jesus, Flambo. Holy crap. What are you doing? <laughs> what? I don't know. You did something there that sounded like you smashed glass into your microphone. It was yeah, I fun. did. Oh, okay. Instead of like putting the glass to my mouth, I was sticking it to my teeth. Uh, no, microphone. Like the Grinch? Yeah. So. Where's the Grinch anyway? Did you invite him? The Grinch? Yeah. Ironically, I was watching the Grinch like maybe six hours ago. My my friend's kid was watching The Grinch on television, like the Jim Carrey one. Uh, oh, that one is good. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, Nabe is like a top-notch foosball player, which I didn't uh, know was like a notch, real sports thing. I mm-hmm. people did. It's a real sport. I thought sport. foosball was only played at churches and like boys clubs. No, 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 no. Oh, there's there's even the Texas State Championships going on right now. The Texas State Foosball Championship. That's right. You told you me saw that. Saw me make it and was like, "That's a good idea." Yeah, Uncle Hat is not muted. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, when Hat gets back, let's make fun of him." I'm like, I just thought that. This is great. Mrs. Hattican is the best, by the way. Cameo from from Mrs. Hattican. Mrs. Kant. Mrs. Kant. Oh, you should hear her when she's playing a game. You should hear her scream, shout, and spout yeah, everything out that is coming to her mind, which is great. Anyway, foosball. Texas te- has like a ginormous foosball. I-, I guess it's because of the lockdown, right? Like they were like the one of the only states that didn't shut down uh, bars and clubs for people to meet up and play. Yeah, Texas is pretty well known for a huge um, foosball community. Even the uh, the American table is produced in in Texas. What if the like, next QuakeCon we we try to 
talk to the foosball people and, and put them at the same place at the same time. And then we could have like the BYOC and then we'll also we'll just walk away from the tournaments and go watch the the foosball tournaments and, and Nave can win the, the Texas World Foosball Prize and then we can all go drink on his dime. Where is uh the QuakeCon? Is it in Austin? It's in Dallas. In Dallas. Uh, then it should be the same same city. Like uh the Texas States are also in Dallas. Well, we need it cross the beam somehow let's reach out like, hey uh foosball community we think you'd really like all of our sweaty nerds um, <laughs> i guess there's uh some competitive players also competing online in some some games because it's pretty similar to if you have like a, from from mindset wise I mean, I would imagine you have to be a, a very weird, hyper-focused person who doesn't really care that you know whether or not the sport that they're playing is the most popular sport in the whole wide world in order to be. Wash your hands like a motherfucker. After oh my god, stuff. had dude, we can hear you. <laughs> I'm just gonna mute him. Uh, in order to be like successful at it, you kind of have to like not care. Um that what you're doing isn't the most popular thing in the whole wide world. Yeah, right? but that's uh, with a lot of sports. Like take uh, curling, for instance, until some of the last Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> most uh, curling, I thought you meant curling. like hair, hair curling and shit. Like, I was like, is it a sport? But never mind. Do not yeah, make I'll, I'll fun of my national sport, you jerk. Just so you're aware, Uncle Head, we could hear everything you did for the past 10 minutes and I'm leaving all of it in. We could hear Angela, we could hear you, we could hear the dishes. It was amazing. Oh, that's unfortunate. I thought I muted it. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, please remove it if you could. I thought I muted it. Anyway, yes, Olympic uh, curling is is all about hair curlers. And you like you have to see who can get the biggest things. So you have to grow your hair very long, like down to your <laughs> feet. And then you have to curl it in such a way that it's just like this one big afro around your head. It's, yes. it's really you, you mock my country. For ESPN to do the next Olympics, mother load. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next deal. That's the next broadcasting deal for in the Cubist Olympic hair curling. <laughs> You'd be as disconnected as David Hasselhoff in that one movie. It's like an ESPN <laughs> show, show kind of sport. It made me wonder why, um, like, there's the discussion in in esports to also go to the Olympics because, yeah, it's kind of sport esport. You know the whole discussion around around it. So there's uh, there's uh, the idea of making it like an Olympic sport. The thing is. You know, but if equestrians if equestrians can do it, I think gamers should be allowed to do it too. In in my opinion, because I'm an Olympics fan since a long time, and there's a different competition, uh, different tournament that would fit way better for esports to be uh, included in. That's the World Games. The World Games aren't known 
that well at the moment, but esports could boost that. Like it's already there. Like uh, former Olympic sports that aren't uh, used on a competitive level at the Olympics anymore, like uh, karate and, and shit, is on the World Games or uh, snooker, billiards, for instance. So that would fit better also for foosball, if you want to include that. I mean, I don't really... Most of the sports that are quote-unquote sports that are part of the Olympics are... They don't belong there anyway, so like I don't really care what they throw in. Like skateboarding needs to get in the Olympics. That shit's for real. Wow, well, that's that's also in in the World Games, as far as it's I know. In, it's in the X Games. Yeah, and they have their own, like the X Games. Yeah, but I think and, it's just as like there's there's sporting to it. You could definitely but on do the that. Other, like, other hand, you could say okay, uh, border cross. And snowboarding is also in the X Games, but it's also on the Olympics. Exactly. That's why. Or you could do mega ramp stuff. You could for skateboarding if you really want to. That'd be actually really interesting. But enough about that. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I don't know. Like we got a real a pro gamer here. Like what? Like what do you think of that? Not much. Not you. <laughs> oh wait, sorry. Violent Heart. Like, would that even make sense? To have esports in the in the Olympic Games at all, or anything even remotely close to that? I don't know because I mean, at that level, like so, esports, it's there's a physical aspect to it, but it's not like the other sports. Whereas the other sports all have some crazy mental, you know, stuff that esports has. So I think esports only has like half of what the other sports really have there. So I don't think it, I don't think it fits there. I mean. It's it's kind of like bowling. I, I like I played esports. I bowled, and neither of those I consider to be a sport. Even though you have to be sort of athletic to do both of them at a really high level. It's weird. Well, like, uh, like what? Because people tend to talk about esports in like this sort of all encompassing thing. But you know, like, what games would actually show if they did have the Olympics? Like, they they're not going to do Counter Strike because. That you can't have like Afghanistan versus the United States terrorists versus anti-terrorists. It's not PC. Overwatch. Oh, uh, uh, that yeah, doesn't yeah. matter for the Olympics. Because uh, take fencing for instance, and fencing is the simulated killing of people, so they don't have a problem with that. I don't know. I, th- I was thinking more in the way that it would frame people. You know. I, I don't think it should matter too much, but I just I'm imagining what the yeah, Olympic committee the, would be down for. It's not going to be CS. You cannot. That that's the thing. It's the same in foosball. Like we have a gazillion tables around the world. We have a Spanish table. We have a French table. We have two different German tables. We have the American table and Asian table. So which table you should use for the Olympics? Dining table. <laughs> and it's the same same for for esports. Which game you should take? Mm-hmm. What did you say, Valhart? Oh, I said naturally, just make an Olympic table. Yeah, like an Olympic sized pool. Yeah, so you have to baseball. make an Olympic uh, shooter, for instance. Uh, if you that sounds terrible. 
compared no just just take the the best shooter there is that's played uh, uh, for with the most people and just replace the textures in in a sportly manner it sounds lame <laughs> yeah it's still the same game <clears throat> Yeah, and pro level players don't care if it's like yeah it's fulbrights what are you complaining yeah. about everybody yeah. wants fulbrights there nobody you go nobody wants to see that not that anybody wants to see most of the olympic games now anyway but like I, honestly i think that pro level players in in a lot of modern games cuz we're we're not going to be playing fucking open arena and quake and shit in in the olympic that's never going to happen it's going to be like overwatch uh starcraft League of Legends, like yeah. that's the kind of shit that has enough pull, like enough people who actually give a shit about it, and is like somewhat kid friendly enough to, I think, actually show up in the Olympics. And it's more. It doesn't matter. Oriented, I think. as I said before, how many people watch curling, and it's still an Olympic uh, sport. Fuck the Olympics. I don't care if eSports server shows up in the Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> but as I told before, it's in my opinion, it's better f to be on the World Games and promote that show a bit more as an alternative to the Olympics and leave the athletic sports to the Olympics, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's 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 how I feel too. <sighs> oh. Even then, like even if it weren't the Olympics, I still think that at the world stage, like the interest in in any esports are pretty much going to be limited to kind of the games that I've already named here. Like it's going to be, yeah, Dota, StarCraft, League of Legends, Overwatch. Like first yeah. person shooters are, aren't even going to be like the main focus. The thing is, it will change rapidly because if one game isn't the hot shit anymore people will move on to the next one but people don't move on from tennis or golf or whatever like the traditional sports because they are played as is like there's still a lot of people training for being a tennis world champion or a Wimbledon champion or of sorts who would win in like the StarCraft? <laughs> like nobody plays StarCraft one in, on a competitive level. Like it's nobody like StarCraft two still, right? Yeah, it's it's two, but StarCraft not one. Yeah. So it shifted, and maybe in twenty years there's uh, like a different game that's like StarCraft that will be played instead. So that changes in on the esports side, but not on the traditional sports side. Have Olympic level PvP Civ <laughs> shit like that, or what's what's like a good RTS other than like that actually is competitive these days? New, there's, there's a new Age of Empires coming out. Yeah, like, <laughs> or, or like Olympic Command and Conquer. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I love it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Really All cutscenes must play before the Olympic events officially begin. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's also, actually part of it. Yeah. Speedrunning could be really interesting. Speed, yeah. 
having a game like say Super Mario 64 as a standard speed running thing like yeah as an Olympic event yeah <clears throat> it would it bring a spectacle to the live competitive speed running event that's for sure well it wouldn't work because then you have to go like it's going to be country by country and there's just going to be like zero interest like who's going to really like be the people who compete in that it's going to be all like America and Europe and Asia like Eastern Asia, China, Japan, Korea. Um, Everybody they, should just play Doom. That's it. There, there won't be a go. lot of representation. <laughs> yes, it, and uh, Z Damon will be depends. the official source port of the Olympic Games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Can you imagine? Uh, and you get DDoSed. <laughs> DDoS the Olympics hashtag. All right. Um, Violent Heart, you said you got to dip out at some point here. Yeah, here pretty shortly. Just wanted to make sure you had the opportunity to make a smooth transition if you wanted to, but just let us know. Um, back, I guess, to revisiting uh, the history of In the Keep here. I think I left off. All right, there, just start at the beginning one. again. No, that's not happening. There's a particular instance that happens when, um, so like, who, who do you think if you guys had to like put a, put a hand up and say, who's the most awesome member of in the keep, like actually the best admin who's done more to change things, but still flies totally under the radar doing it. I have a loaded answer. for that. Okay. Is it you? No, it's Gelmo. <laughs> yeah, for okay. sure. It's Gelmo. Yeah. The guy yeah. that isn't here. That was my answer also, so it must be him. Galmo <laughs> and Bramflakes. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say yes. Bramflakes because Bram he said under the radar. First yeah, yeah, she's way more under, under the radar. radar. I was wrong. Where are you? Yeah. I miss you. Bramflakes, girl, you're great. Come back. Yeah, come back. We miss you. So, like, yeah, obviously, I think of, of all of it, who works the hardest? Who, who puts the most... Skin in the game, definitely Gilma. Like no question. Oh, don't don't phrase it like that. Most skin, y'all. Oh yeah, for who puts the most foreskin in the game? <laughs> no, not Gilma. Not Gilma. <laughs> no, that's definitely gonna be brown flakes. <clears throat> All right, we're deleting that comment. Um, <laughs> and that's a timestamp. You can write this down here. On yeah, write yeah. that in the notes somewhere. Yeah, at fifty nine minutes. Um, if you if you cut it out, I'm gonna get my son downstairs now, and he will finish his interview for me. That's fine. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. So for sure, Gelmo, I think has done more to expand in the keep beyond just being this podcast. Like it, it we turned into a production company, um, because of him and a lot of everything, like the game servers that he does everything. What does he not do? Uh, but specifically, I was the tangent I was going on is that without Brand Flakes, a lot of shit wouldn't have happened because somewhere before episode forty one, she was just going around and like hitting up all these really cool people and like, hey, you know, you should do this podcast, you should do it, like, and that's how I met Fred Schreiber, and that began our kind of relationship with Three D Realms. And open up the door to a lot of other cool shit with a lot of other companies too. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. get into the 
what that really means for the show, but episode 41, Fred Schreiber. And then at that point, there are like basically three kings of, you know, the, the indie publishers that make kind of the games that we are all oriented around. I mean, 3D Realms, you can't, you can't, de- we, no one would ever be able to deny, like, Duke, just Duke Nukem alone, how much it meant to this whole community. And so then there's him. And then shortly thereafter, we had Stephen Kick from Night Dive Studios and then Dave Oshry of New Blood. So I got the trifecta, the triple crown of boomer shooter daddies <laughs> knocked out right then and there. And that was like, it was weird because then suddenly we had, uh, we, we, we kind of took another step up in terms of like, it's, it's still indie, but it's like not, I don't know, it's a more official thing it was like now we have like relationships with other people who can network us into other people who are working on really 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 cool games um because i think like shortly like no the next episode after dave oshery was first on was like we got the inside scoop on gloomwood and that that game is so fucking cool has any of y'all actually played the demo to gloomwood yet i have it installed i just i haven't gotten around to it but i really want to play it i just I, I need I need to set time, like uh, set aside some time just to really sit down and play it. It's really it's not long, like you could probably do it in about maybe thirty minutes or so, depending on how much time you want to put in. Because I mean, it is an immersive sim, so you can have just all the fun you want. But okay, that's good to know. Okay, yeah, and um, I think a few maybe like a month or two after that is when I met Ted of Dread XP, who. At the time, like it was weird. Uh, I got into them because they had a podcast that I really liked. It's called, they still have it. It's just not like the most widely distributed thing in the world, but it's called Real Professionals. And it was like all about horror games. And, you know, Ted has been interviewing people since forever, uh, working for, uh, I, I guess, a few different companies, but mostly um, Dread Central like in the movie industry and they still produce movies and stuff like that, but uh, kind of started dread X as their gaming branch and was just doing the podcast and a bunch of really cool articles. And I guess built up his, um, you know, network of indie horror game people. And then the dread X collection comes out. And that was like another, it wasn't even like it was a big deal for us. It was like, we got to kind of witness a shift in, in the horror indie game scene in real time. Cause I got to play, what was it? The escape room game in that outsiders. Oh yeah. Before, that was a while yeah. Before ago. like before it came out and that's what like we the kind of the basis of our conversation was like I played outsiders and then that was part of the first dread X collection. And now there've been four since then four dread X collections just since then. And more to come, and they're producing like a couple of other like full length games. Like they're trying to get away from just doing the collection thing and like full on be a game production company, and it's really really fucking awesome. Um, so that was like so cool, so strange. That's also when we met Maleki. It was like a week before that, and uh, man, it, I skipped a lot of shit here. Uh, there was. Just real, real quick recap: James Paddock, Matt Tropiano, both from Adventures of Square, and then 
Jahar, and then Maleke. And then we got into the, the Dreadx stuff, but yeah. And Maleke has been a, a weird part of our community. Like, like my weird, I mean, like we tried starting up this weird little segment on Sundays called Serious Sunday. And I knew he was a big Serious Sam fan, like absolutely huge. So I was like, hey, you want to help host some some Serious Sam stuff on Sundays? And if you do, guys I want do to do that. I get why you guys like Serious Sam so much. It's just fun. You just shoot shit and you keep going. It's just it's relaxing. It's very casual. <laughs> Big explosions happen. You get to shoot a lot of stuff. What what is there not to, to like? You get to- I guess in the world of like fast paced first person shooters, Serious Sam is pretty object. Like it's relaxed compared to you know playing Doom or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's just shooting a bunch of enemies and holding off hordes. It's just practicing like management of just hordes. It's fun. All right. Uh, so like, I guess Violent Heart Irish could bite us, but that's fine. <laughs> he said he was gonna, but you, n- you never really feel an Irish goodbye until it happens. Do, do, do we had oh Mike Jared that was number sixty two is we already kind of brought that up, but yeah, that began the the rivalry between in the keep and running with scissors and we have a rivalry with them. Shit. Where have I been? Well, I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't finish the job. The fucker's still out there. I'm really stoked to see, uh, how, what kind of revenge he enacts on me this year. Like that's I'm kind of be- worried, but at the same time, I don't know. I think, I, I think you're, you'll be fine. If, uh, I mean, the coolest thing that could happen to me is if, like, I just get jumped by a bunch of like <laughs> running with scissors people, just dudes all dressed up as the postal dude, and they just jump me in the streets of Tucson. And I yeah, so you're gonna TV be in the streets of Tucson, and all of a sudden you're gonna hear in the background is like, "Games are bad, they make you mad. Games are <laughs> bad, they make you mad. Games are bad, they make you mad." And then you just get beat over the head with a bunch of signs, and and hilarious. you just keep getting hit by like the angry ass mobs from Postal. How many people have you pissed off today, Motherload? <laughs> that was the the lead in to Realms Deep. This is like I had just gotten the invite to for us to do Realms Deep, and I kind of leveraged that, I guess, to get into my Chase office. I was just like, "Hey, uh, we're doing this Realms Deep thing, and uh, you should be on my podcast." So, hey, and and. Uh, he was super cool about it. I, I, I talked a lot of shit, but like, he's actually like one of the nicest, coolest people ever. Like he literally will like, anytime I have a question, get right back to me. Just very helpful. Always awesome. But we do that stupid sketch. And then that leads into where realms deep happens, which is, I think easily the biggest thing that ever happened at the show. And, and once again, technically we wouldn't have, that wouldn't have never have happened if it wasn't for brand flakes. So once again, Girl, thank you. Holy yeah. crap. I don't think that, yeah. should have passed. I don't think we'd be we'd be where we are without that series of events that she started at all. Like I can't imagine. Best PR ever. Holy crap. And <laughs> so then, you know, we do Chuck Jones, American McGee, Tim Willits, Cliffy B, John St. John, and and I was gonna I'm not including John Romero because 
Those you were not there. <laughs> you were that, not even I there. I was there for that. I was there for that. That was a panic attack and a half. Holy crap! Yeah, and Motherload was just oh. still sleeping. No, no, you, you know what do you mean? What do you I mean? Sti- no, no, bed. he wasn't still sleeping. It was literally like an hour after he went to bed. Yeah. Me, we were just shooting the shit and chat, and all of a sudden I get a call from uh, who was it? Fred. He's like, "Where's the Motherload?" I'm like, "Why?" He's like. We have John Romero ready to talk right now, and he has no other time. So his mother load ready, and I was like, <laughs> "So I think I contact Donkey. Like Donkey, you know people and how to get a hold of them, right?" He's like, "Yeah, I know. I have the mother load's contact." I'm like, "Can I have your? Can, can you call him? We kind of need him." And I explained the whole situation. We dragged him in. And it was just, it was like half an hour of like panicking, be like, "Okay, what do we do if we can't get a hold of the mother load?" Okay, um, um. Hey, Vince might be a good option. He likes Doom, right? Yeah, this would be neat. So we message Vince. We pull him in. Like, hey, Vince. He's like, yo, what's up? Like, you want to interview John Romero? It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, you <laughs> say it's like, I what? Like, we're like, yeah, we might need you to sub in. We almost had him sub in, but then we're like, wait a minute. If we can't get, so like, if we, who else can we get? If like, if somebody like little bit more knowledgeable a little better at interviewing because vince hasn't really done that he was just going to be like a, a step in if we absolutely needed somebody um and then we fred's like what about jahar i was like oh fuck yeah let's get him too so we had two people on standby ready to go i, I loved because i mean i actually couldn't bring myself to listen to it for a while because i was so ashamed of myself <laughs> I mean, i'm really not mad at myself like i you were I up all was night though, so don't pulling all nighters. Like I was hardcore pulling all nighters for all the production shit with Realms Deep, and that was that was one of those days. Of like, all right, like I'll leave off with all right. We have contact with John. Um, they're gonna we're gonna get something scheduled, you know, within the next week or so. And and I'm like, okay, all right, cool, sounds good. And I'm gonna go to bed, and then I wake up. And I mean, dead sleep, dude. That none of none of y'all's calls, nothing woke me up. And I wake up and I have like 800 missed calls from Canada and in North Carolina, and and then I get on Discord and it's the same thing from Europe. Like it's all cap messages from Fred. Like, what the fuck? Where are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but I mean, I, listening back to it, it was awesome. And if I were gonna pick anybody, I mean, I already kind of told this story a bit, but if I were to pick anybody to interview someone in my stead, like just do my show without me. I mean, Jahar a hundred percent. He's absolutely number one. My hero, like just love the guy. And he's been so cool to us. Like so cool to us in every way. Um, if you took me back to, you know, February, 2019, when the show started and told me one day he would know my first name, I would be like, that's ridiculous. And it's not even like a bit. There's like I just we're talking about John Romero and fucking T- Tim Willits and Cliffy B and shit. None of those names mean half as much to me. Not that they don't mean a lot to me, but like as Jahar did, he was like this unobtainable fame to me for some dumb reason. <laughs> Sound like a fanboy. I mean, I am. <laughs> yes, I, yes. totally, if I'm being totally honest. No, that, yeah, that I exactly just let you being honest. So yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> I'm a huge fanboy of Jahar. He fucking sue me and beat me up in a parking lot. <laughs> J- wow. Jahar, if you ever if you ever need somebody with that really loves you, Motherload's always yeah, there. and he's always I mean, I don't ready. I want to like blow him. I just he's ready to go. Yes. I'm just saying that like he was 
he was an example of someone doing doing this this arena FPS boomer shooter thing and he he was also really cool but he was someone who made it seem obtainable like that is a real thing people can do yeah and you made it and that and that was like the, one of those examples that made me say like maybe I can do something you know within my own lane but in the same kind of vein and and you did so congratulations on achieving that you will get a silver medal for it <laughs> a silver medal in the esports olympics yes <laughs> um yeah so realms deep that was a thing like that was probably the most traumatic and turbulent time in uncle head and i's relationship <laughs> Oh yeah, and I was on vacation for half of it. It was funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, like what was it? Like the, the whatever the Canadian August long weekend happened. I was like away for like a week, and he's like, "Don't worry about it. Just if you want to work on your video, just take your time. And you're on vacation." And like it was originally only like me and him, and like, do we have anybody else actually on at that point? Yeah, we had. I mean, Vince and Red Eyes were had I already kind you- of agreed to help us out, but. Okay. Here. If we like, if we needed it, right? And then you're just like, we need it. <laughs> I'm gonna need a beer for a second. Hold on, you guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hash this. Yeah, out, and then I'm gonna get. Yeah, so I'm basically going all out to uh, <laughs> up to the camp, and it's, you know, I'm on, having a nice time. And I, I told him ahead of time, I have limited access to the internet. Like we had some basic stuff, but it was just enough to check Discord messages, see how everybody's doing, making sure nobody's shooting somebody, mm-hmm. or somebody up. As I usually do as an admin. Um, and so they get on the team, Vince and Red Eyes. And that, that was an absolute blessing. Holy crap. I am so glad they joined because they had so many great, better ideas for doing these multi-track recordings and editings. Because we were recording like a freaking Discord call for all this stuff. And like having to put video filters and like images over top stuff and overlays and stuff so it was it was an interesting time but having to co- coordinate for the first time with people remotely and having like a centralized place to store all that stuff and organize it and have access to that, that was a whole that was a new experience never had to really do that before but i can do it we all did it there's a lot of stress and communication like what file is which i'm like i don't know <laughs> okay all right so Uncle Had leaves for his vacation, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with a good vacation. You deserved a vacation. The agreement was all of the presets would be <laughs> left for the other guys. And they were. Use. They were. To be okay. fair, they were. Uh, yeah, it, it's all water under the bridge, man. I don't care. No, it was I just care. like <laughs> we, we hit full on panic mode while you were gone, which I did not foresee. <laughs> Oh, it was great. I like. I foresaw it. I'm like, you're, you're gonna be all right. He's like, yeah, we're gonna be all right. I'm like, okay. I, I know uh, these things happen. <laughs> you're a bigger man than me because I would not have communicated. Like, I, I, I went on. You know, when I went to Seattle a few weeks ago, turned my phone off. If something had happened, like, no, 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 don't lie. In the keep. <laughs> you just ignore it in the don't key. Don't You just ignore it in the keep. That's all. No, I legit turned my phone off, put it in a bag, and didn't touch it for five days. Uh, you did react to me, so I you lied. Bullshit. That is not true. That is so true. You, you were wrong. 
It's not because I didn't touch my phone for five days. Break out the logs, kids. Break out the logs. Mm-hmm. When, when was that? There is. You will have. You will see zero online anything from me, and during that week. Dun 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 dun. Let's find I mean, out. I wouldn't lie to you. Not about this. Let's just carry on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm very, very confident. Um, I just did a search on vacation, and so far, oh, every of your vacations, maybe the exception of Seattle, you send me pictures. Uh, I always send you pictures after the fact. But no, 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 no. Also, Emma. during the fact, you like legit, you send me a picture after you took a poop. Well, that's not me on vacation. <laughs> that's me at my house. <laughs> Oh, was it the bidet thing you showed uh, us? No, also, I just takes a dump and no, then he I, shows me pictures of a dump. <laughs> ah, <laughs> I but, report every every poop to Flambeau. Uh, it's a <laughs> thing. It's it's a thing between Dutch people. Okay. Do Dutch people make sure they stay regular? Is that like a thing there? Mm-hmm. You know, That's we good. just, sure just check somebody's health by just uh, evaluating pictures of their doo doo. It's 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 quite normal. I know that you are now looking like a disgusted face, but for me that's totally normal. At least with mud load. Just you just make sure everybody's doing okay. Like hey, yeah. it came out solid. It came out liquid. <laughs> it came out at all. Yeah, I just added like um, Mrs. Motherloads to my son's contact list, so he's now sending her pictures too of his poop. <laughs> <laughs> she Jesus would love Christ! <laughs> no, um, no, it's not Jesus Christ. My son. No, no. Well, that was my name growing up. Or at least I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, after Realms Deep, um, suddenly people give a shit about our podcast because they've heard of it. Are we only at the Realms Deep? Damn it, this is going to take three hours until we finish. Go home, please. No, we're at, like, this is like episode 70 now. We're, we're like, way up there. Oh. Um, oh. So. MK Schmidt is a big one there for me personally. That was right Schmitty. after. That was right after um, Paradox Vector had come out, which had been featured at Realms Deep. But I had uh, I had reached out because of Paradox Vector because it looked you know is absolutely beautiful artwork and everything for a boomer shooter and such, but. I didn't realize at the time that Star Explorers was the real game, you know. And he, he sent me Star Explorers, and he's like, "Hey, I know I'm already in for uh, Paradox Vector, but you think we could show my other game off?" And for anybody listening to this, if you haven't played Star Explorers, it's like five bucks or some shit on Steam, and like we're coming up, I think, on a, another huge update for it at some point in the near future. But it's like one of the coolest games I've ever played. It's so good. <laughs> Um, essentially you're like, a you're like a little space dude and you just are exploring essentially a, a procedurally generated galaxy or whatever. And you have to, you're basically constantly doing resource management to like find fuel and then explore new planets until you can find this particular crystal that makes the fuel. And enough for it to like find the new settlement for mankind, essentially. 
and, and there's a lot of like uh, ancient aliens, like discovering old civilization kind of stuff in there. It's just fantastic. Absolutely beautiful. But anyway, yeah, Mike has like become one of my best friends just through the podcast. Um, I talk to him, if not every day, at least three times a week, always in touch. And I've just learned a lot from being his friend. It's amazing. Oh, nice. <laughs> just like you guys. Like, that's the best part of everything that's happened here is that, you know, I spend more time with, with you guys than I do with my own family. Like, I mean, my wife excluded because I live with her, but like I live 2000 miles away from most of my family. But I talk to you, these three people that are here right now every day, which is Flambeau and Uncle Hat and Abe for anybody who's lost track of that. I hope they didn't. <laughs> I'm Uncle Hat. I don't know. Some jackass. Some piece of shit. (laughs) And uh, that episode number 70 was when we started working with uh, Zen Sports on, you know, doing contract shit for them. Esports wise, which is begins, begins the age of Gilmo. Really? Like we're already like had Gilmo down. Age of Gilmo, yeah. Yeah, this is where Gilmo gets to shine and like really take on the the esports production shit. So like, I, I'm a little because we haven't done we haven't done enough on our end, like the in the keep Twitch channel, because we used to do so many cool community tournaments and everything, and that has just really not become my main focus. But I really want us to do more of that, you know, in the future when it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But we're we're at this point now where it's like it's really it's not worth doing if it's not a I guess a, a business venture. So we'll have to be figuring that out over time. And then uh Oh, there's another one around that time. Two of them right around that time that were like pretty awesome. So uh I kinda I kinda got on this kick of like I want to interview musicians. We'd already had Andrew on like way early. But then we got um who was it? The Doom? What was that like weird 24-hour Doom rave thing? I think that's what it was. Yeah, that was a Pigeon Classic. Um, yeah, we did that as the opener for the Pigeon Classic. But they were doing that. Like, they were already doing it the same weekend. And we were getting, like, this was dumb. We were like, let's make the Pigeon Classic a month long, which I don't think I'm going to do again. That was too much for me. But <laughs> Especially not this year because that's going to be like raised the time I move. so much money though. Like, like that was so awesome to do it. Like because yeah. people like because we got. I think we have more people to sign up for events because of that. Because people are like, well, I don't have to commit to it this weekend, but I can show up this weekend. Like it was awesome for that. It, it was definitely. Uh, here's the. I don't think I want to necessarily do tournaments anymore. I really like the organ grinder method. I like the exhibition match, grudge match thing way more. Yeah. Like the, the, the BPSB Loctar thing we did a couple of years before, like before this for the mm-hmm. pigeon classic, that was the best pigeon classic. That was easy. Like it was better. It had a better turnout. I think that's a, it was much easier to manage because what we did for the last year was a month's worth of full on tournaments. And it was just like way too much. <laughs> I, I don't think I would want to repeat the amount of stress. I really am happy that we raised all that money. I'm really happy with like the turnout and the event itself and everything, but the amount of stress that it caused 
our team to put it on. I think we could do more donations. We could do have a better charity turnout with less um, stress and input, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I, anyway, they asked me to do Aubrey Hodges. And so that was kind of my end. Cause I had, I had been wanting to get him on forever, but now I had a reason like, like, Hey, this is for a thing. And he was amazing. Uh, that was the one that a morpher joined me for who was the biggest Aubrey Hodges fan ever. He's like, you know how you're a John St. John fan had and morpher yeah. is 800 times as much an Aubrey Hodges fan. Like just amazingly, intricately knowledgeable to like a, a nearly autistic level of just Aubrey Hodges catalog. No, I believe, no, I understand. Like, like when you're really into like somebody's work, like you kind of have to know their work. It's, I mean, yeah. yeah Aubrey kind of pioneered a genre of, of game soundtrack that inspired a morpher to make what he is now, you know, like that's his entire, kind of um i don't even want to say life's work because he, you know he's also a fucking uh bioengineer or something like that he's like yeah some yeah a lot he's of like, really successful game designers i find are like either like they're multi-talented in some sort of asset right like they have a passion yeah. for gaming but they're like i need to do something as a main career because gaming is not like yeah. Like to them, at least at the time, it's like it's not a feasible mainstay option for me. But that you know what? Yeah. That's honestly, if they can manage that, hell yeah, do that. I don't. I don't know if it's Jacob's life work, but Immorpher's life's work is the music that he's created, inspired by Aubrey, and that's why he's. You know, if you want to, you want a really badass Quake soundtrack. He's the guy. I mean, he's the he's the James Paddock of Quake, essentially, to make yeah. a a good transition there and then shortly that after uh marky music was on and that was also like whoa this is a viscera fest is actually just come out um into early access recently so it was kind of about that a lot of it was about that but also like marky's another one of those guys that's just been in every corner creeping through every little detail like he he was in quake champions he's in the arena fps community the boomer shooter community he's a level designer at 3d realms now or slipgate ironworks or whatever uh fucking amazing super multi-talented guy um and then 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 we started revisiting more arena fps stuff which was nice like to kind of get back to our roots i think um that was and day and fatality and Emerald tiger all in a row. So like the best broad quake broadcaster, one of the greatest quake players of all time. And then a guy making an, a new kind of, I believe it's quake three oriented Uber arena, but like also a very classic, you know, quake live level designer as well. And that, that was fucking fun, man. Mm-hmm. That, that little tangent there. And, uh, after, Uncle <laughs> I think like this is like a year after having talked to um, Dragonfly about Proteus. That's when we got Jason on. Yeah, to really talk about General VV for anybody who doesn't know his name, man. But that was like a 
okay, we've, we've come full circle on this game. It's fucking cool. I don't know. Like, I feel like this whole conversation has just kind of been a lot of like me being like, that was so cool. <laughs> well, it was really cool. Don't kid uh, yourself. Yeah. I mean, I just, I can't, I can't say it enough. Like I just see so many names in this list that I'm like, Oh, that's like, it's like one of the people that I talk to all the time. Amazing. Like I've built, we've built, I shouldn't say I, but we have built so many cool relationships that kind of span the horizon of the indie game world, or at least our little corner of the indie game world that it's, it's hard to believe for me. Um, I got a. We just got a message from Flambo that says that his daughter shat herself because she heard <laughs> shit. Um, okay, literally. Uh-huh. Shit. <laughs> I guess we'll hear back from him shortly. What a goob! What's like? I, I do want to kind of. I don't want you. Don't have to like pour your heart out, but I'm curious. Like what? What's kept you guys around? It's just fun. I don't know how else to describe it. This is great to hang out. Okay. They're an issue. Like it just it's a good time just being around. It's a good community. Like I can't like describe it other than that. Can't go wrong hanging out here. I think we've we've done a pretty decent job of minim- minimizing the bullshit and maximizing the like good vibes in relationships thing. Yeah. We just really want people to come here and play video games, have a good time, forget about the bullshit of what's going on in your day. And if you have to talk about it, not a big deal. We can try to work it out with you, but <laughs> like we've, we, we've done some, we've done some, uh, you know, <laughs> we got smoky. <laughs> we got, we got, just we, to we be got a some... counterbalance to that. We've got smoky. Yeah. We, we do some armchair, uh, philosophy can, or can we like, chair redo the logo again but let's make Smokey our mascot instead of Lothal <laughs> I would love that I think he would hate it in so many levels but I, w- I wouldn't want to do that to the guy <laughs> I, I fucking love Smokey man he's like yeah. a, he's a cornerstone of the community like you can't you can't hang out and in the keep and miss Smokey you know what I mean Yeah. hey I think uh, Red Eyes Green Dragon has just joined us oh nice yo yo what is good oh no Oh, we should. Oh, how's it going I, there, friendo? Uh, you've joined it in an interesting time at all. Okay. No, no you're, you're perfect. Fine. You sound beautiful. So, for anyone who is unfamiliar, Red Eyes Green Dragon is the editor in chief, Doctor Master Lord President of In the Keeps Video Production, <laughs> which does not include the podcast yet. Yeah, that's uh, but top rank. That's all me. So any. Any issues with the podcast are solely on my shoulders. But Red Eyes takes else. care of the midwives. Yes. <laughs> Damn right he does. Midwives and freaking baby Most catchers, am I right? But, uh, so the <laughs> tangent we're on now is like what what keeps you around? Like why why hang out at, at the in the keep store all <laughs> day at, long? At the store? Whose turn was it? Yeah, it's, it's imagine if in the keep were like a physical location. Like, why why do you keep hanging out here? Hmm. Why not go do something else? It's not the money. Ambience, the smells, the smell, <laughs> the smell, and the ambience. Yeah, 
<laughs> no, like for for real, like why 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 do you care enough to be on episode one hundred to help me very shittily celebrate <laughs> two years of doing this dumb thing that we do? Because it's about having. I was forced to be here. <laughs> Nobody's forced to be here. Well, uh, I'm at gunpoint. You see. Yes. <laughs> so I value my life. But no, we're all here. <laughs> if we weren't having a good time, you know, none of us would willingly not only be here today, but, you know, in the chats at all. And uh, I think we all get along and, you know, most uh, new people that come and casually chat with us, you know, we all get along and we're all just playing games, hanging out, having a good time. What's the hate? You know, what's the dislike? I mean, if it really, because you're framing it like all we do is just sit around and talk shit and play video games. But like, there's this, there's all this like enterprise and expectation that I've unfortunately built around it. And I, um, I don't fully always, I'm always appreciative of it. Like, I love that you guys are around and helpful and everything, but I don't really fully understand why it's worth doing to everyone, I guess is what I'm getting at. Like if it really were, you just show up and play video games and we just hang out and shoot the shit. And that was it. Like that'd be, it, it's, I guess it's important that we do do that. Do you want to straighten on his answer story. or not? I mean, yes, of course. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> I came because I was interested and intrigued and it was a lot of fun. And I stay because you guys are my friends. Yeah. That's my straight and honest answer. I can't make it more juicy. I'm sorry. I'm even that's friends it, with Nape, a German. Come on, a Dutch <laughs> guy and a German. We are friends. Isn't that something? Bless Cthulhu, Katala, whoever. In, in the keep, crossing borders. Yes. <laughs> ending conflicts. We have to watch the uh, World Cup or the Euro Cup at one point of time. Yeah, gonna watch it together, and if the Netherlands is gonna play versus Germany, I'm definitely gonna drive over to Germany, and we're gonna watch it together. Yeah, that would. Be uh, I'm really buying nice. beer. <laughs> or we meet up in Aachen or something, like half the way. Yes, we're gonna sit at the border. I'm gonna sit in Germany at the border. You're gonna <laughs> sit in the Netherlands at the border. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I have like a, a Dutch shirt on, and you have the German shirt on. You do, indeed, with, and then with Dutch pants. So the Dutch pants, German shirt. Uh, we're gonna yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be the symbolization of like brothership. Yes, yeah. great. And then I'm gonna <laughs> spit in your hair. Trade shirts. <laughs> like Nape has to wear a Dutch jersey, and and Flambeau has to wear a German jersey. You mean Lederhosen? Yes, I could do that. <laughs> do they, does the German team play Lederhosen in so, like in soccer? They wear Lederhosen. Yes, and we we run around on clogs. <laughs> yeah, really, we do. You should just watch it. Google it. Uh, it's only one German team that has that custom, but not the national team. <laughs> um. All right, Nave, it's your turn. Yeah, my turn. What? What's my turn? Why are you here? Why, uh, do you why do I give a fuck? Yeah, that happened over time. Like, uh, you got me involved with that <laughs> whole episode two thing. Then there was, I think it was uh, the first Pigeon Classic or the second one. 
I don't know. When I uh, got to be a winner of uh, of a Steam key of sorts. That was the first one because he also got German lessons from you and that was at the campsite and I definitely remember that. <laughs> so this was the first PG Classic. I am 100% sure of that. Yeah, it's something around. Definitely. And you did, did a lot of um, Open Arena dual tournaments at uh, that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like the only guy doing that for a bit. Yeah. Like, and then, Does anyone... Do it now? Does it, like, is there? Uh, I know Smango kind of took over for a little bit while. Yeah, I did some uh, shows with uh, Smango. I did one with uh, Alone, and I think one with Hedekund. Or yeah, what was the event that you did with Night Owl? Was that like a mm, that was Quake Champions? Yeah, yeah, that was, was like, the that was young cool. uh, young uh, players. Uh, Young Gamers League or something like uh, that. Young Gamers Club or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that I was also nice. That yeah. yeah, we got to do more shit like that. That's that's the that's what I'm getting out of this conversation. Is we gotta we gotta refocus. We gotta double down on esports. That's where the money's at, boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I mean, like such. Uh, bring back those. Um, what was it called? blind date thing mm. that state of quake had or yeah not say, not okay. really competing to organ grinder but to be like uh, a different thing that is also contributing to the whole whole show yeah i just like I said, I, I really think that they have the right format, man. Not doing tournaments is the way to go. Mm. I don't because it, you know tournaments like no one even cares until the finals. Like it's it's a lot of stress and a lot of hard work, and then like you get down to the you know semis or whatever, and that's when people start to like actually give a fuck. And it's so hit or miss. Like you could do so much work and no one show up for a tournament. You know, you could do a lot of preparation, and then like day of like four players, you're just like, nah, not interested. And for what, like? For a tournament like that doesn't really amount to anything, who gives a shit? Half the time, you already know who's going to win, and like you know, it's just not as interesting. That's what I like about working grinder is that players that are not like the best of the best players can have really really entertaining matches, and they build the drama up around it. Yeah, it's like wrestling. Yeah, exactly, exactly like wrestling. That's a great way of putting it and i think they get that like i think actually i know jahar really gets that that's that's the whole cloud of it that's what's so beautiful about it is that you can you can take um a character like dk who's in a tournament would be a nightmare like no like he would be probably banned from the tournament immediately upon showing up but if we're if you're actually milking the drama for what it's worth set him up with a grudge match against somebody (laughs) it's so cool um but yeah, just like, I mean, Nave, you've been fucking invaluable to you. Like, you're you're kind of the always down to help out guy. Like, anything that we need, usually it's like, uh, hey, you know, can anyone do this? And Nave's like the first one to raise his hand and be like, I volunteered. To That's true. <laughs> take on that task. There's little that he doesn't want to do. Yeah. 
And we get we got a lot of people who have like over time been part of the community, but then there's like the and this is not to diminish anyone, like everybody has their own priorities in life and jobs and you know, whatever they have going on or interests even. But like the the core always there, always working towards the the overarching goal group is like us essentially like you me had gelmo i'm not doing shit but thank you your your oral support i mean moral support (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's and then yeah but we also do other things like watching shit together and uh discussing uh taking a shit together several topics of life Aliens. Yeah, aliens, for instance. Ah, didn't you uh, tell me that there is like a... It's a congressional hearing or a Senate hearing on that topic soon? On Bigfoot? Apparently, there's a lot of word going around right now um, amongst the scientific community. Like several people have been reached out to. Neil deGrasse Tyson, I know was one of them. I think Sam Harris, for whatever reason, and uh, Lex Fridman. A lot of these kind of like public speaking science people have been talking about how they are getting word that the Navy, the U S Navy is going to have a congressional hearing about revealing, um, all the data that is currently available to the DOD about UFOs. And this was actually attached by the Trump administration to the, uh, the COVID relief bill or whatever that they passed. It was like an, an added on attachment, like, Within six months of this going into effect, the DOD will release all information on UFOs. That doesn't necessarily mean aliens, but UFO. It's UFO. It doesn't. It's not unidentified object. object. That doesn't imply aliens. So it could be a solid fart. It could be whatever, and it it doesn't have to be alien. It can be like North Korean, maybe North Korean, or even. I don't know. Red balloons. I really doubt that the North Korea, if anybody out there has like this superior technology, that's like confounding our, our American forces. I don't think it's North Korea. <laughs> but if I had to hedge my bets, um, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting, but yeah, like the news from that is going to be, that's, that's going to be a long night of me and Nave just probably having brain aneurysms. Yeah. What's going on, man? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's a funny topic. Like there is certainly something. Like there's a lot of people uh, coming forward uh, with uh, stories the scientific community cannot really explain. Well, it's actually quite interesting. Even like the you know the real famous who was the commander, the Navy commander who you know observed an aircraft from you know from his aircraft over the Pacific Ocean that like went from 80,000 feet to sea level really quickly and moved strangely and all that there it, it's worth na- noting you know not that i don't trust that he saw what he saw or anything i'm just saying we like, just cannot fully explain what he witnessed correct we we all we know is that his his sensors in his plane and allegedly his eyesight he saw something that he couldn't explain and that the Navy was not able to explain, but that does that, that, again, if you know anything about, you know, 
flight avionics, especially in fighter jets and shit. Like there's a lot of sensors going on here and I'm not fully convinced that the sensors were attuned, you know, correctly. Not to say that it didn't observe, like the sensors didn't report what they reported, just that I don't know if that necessarily means that the data that they gave us was a hundred percent accurate. You know, I, just because it said it came from 80,000 feet to sea level doesn't necessarily mean that it was it, that's actually what happened. It just means that's what the sensor reported. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not a fucking scientist. I'm not really equipped to. But a lot of people have also it. seen Bigfoot, yet we don't uh, have like. I mean, people took pictures from it and shit. So yeah, it's possible. I. Uh, Far more convinced about aliens than I am about Bigfoot at this point. <laughs> Have you seen my mother-in-law? Uh, is your mother-in-law a gigantopithecus? Uh, no, but uh, I mean, she's a monster, so I will definitely also believe that there are other monsters maybe out there. You know who I want to have on the next episode? My, talking to my wife. Father? Your mother-in-law. Oh. <laughs> well, how long is an episode going to take? I mean... An hour? Then just pick one topic Not- only. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, like... You're so rude. I, we, you spent so much time, you know, bashing her on the show that I feel like, you know, it's only fair that we give her a chance to speak on her own behalf. That's good. Beef <laughs> <laughs> uh, Limbo is a I'm fair I'm sure man. she doesn't mind. So, uh, another thing before we go on any further with the In the Keep podcast bullshit is that during this time we branched off and went into producing two other podcasts so there was the doom is dead podcast which uh we we haven't done an episode in a while but that's still an ongoing series you can look at it on our website all that kind of thing and then more recently burning bridges with bridge burner which is like the level design podcast as far as i know the only one in existence that's specifically about level design um, so that's been absolutely amazing for me to like, kind of get to turn the, like I said, as I said at the beginning of this conversation, like I didn't even know how to use audacity and then now to be a, a semi-professional podcast producer to some extent, like, you know, turning a profit on that. It's really, really interesting and cool and fun. Some of the shit that they come out with, dude, man, I think bridge burners is actually like better than me <laughs> sometimes. His his interviews are so interesting. Man. Now, now, yes. Also, your pussy. Is it your pussy or is it your wife's pussy? Good gracious! Come on, come say hey on the podcast. Say hi to the podcast. Wow! <laughs> wow! It's flambo. <laughs> the the, the cats go like no. <laughs> he's like, ah, come to talk to flambo. The poor cat. Uh, so then there's like the bridge burner was on. E one M one was on. This is like way more recent stuff now. And um, the another big turning point, and I haven't really talked about this too much, like actually to our audience, but uh, another huge turning point for me was number 88, Call of Seregnar. Hey. 
um, which is turned into another small enterprise here uh, within within the other small enterprise that we are. And that was uh, I I had those guys on because a lot of people were telling me like this is a really cool game that you should check out and interviewed them and then just kind of kept talking to Damian Raw and Tavon for anybody who only knows him on the internet and got to got to know them pretty well and I kept you know asking questions and making suggestions like about like you know what are you gonna what are you gonna do about this and this and this like different things about the game's production and that turned into like hey you just want to be our project manager and I was like uh <laughs> I mean, I have no experience. <laughs> sure, like, oh, what yeah. I got to do for it? Nothing like a manager. Okay, cool. Yeah, just like you just want me to like kind of just show up and not do anything. Hell yeah, count me in. But that's been a another yeah, you're basically super- doing that already. So yeah, yeah, that's my day job. Um, mm-hmm. but it's just been really mm-hmm. cool to a little bit more so than before, like kind of get behind the, the scenes of like what goes on in, in producing a game. And that's really valuable. I think from the point of the podcast and that, I mean, I've already got a lot of knowledge just from interviewing game dubs for so long, but now it's like, um, you see how the sausage gets made uh, essentially. I I Mm -hmm. guess that's a better way of putting it. Are you sure? And I love sausages. (laughs) There's lots of it's. See how the freaking dog gets me. Sorry, I had to push the cat back out. She's always bad. If like if her mom is not awake and I am locked in this room, she loses her fucking mind. She's like, people, mm-hmm. fucking pay attention to me. Acknowledge my existence. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Aww. your cat? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Kitty. So, yeah, Call of Seregnar is just, it's been like a life changing, really cool experience. I'm on the website now. Did you guys see that? Yep. No, I didn't. Go to callofseregnar.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom. It's so cute. One second. I'm making, my girlfriend so sent me a shit post making criticizations of my ability to find food in the fridge, and I got to revamp this thing in Photoshop and send it back to her. Give me a minute here. Criticizations? Shut up. I'm sure. Just for you, it's Canadian. Ty Brennan is a beer (laughs) enthusiast and professional wrestling fan. Those are your your only two uh, (laughs) personality traits. That's that's my credential. You're hired. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Damian, he's like, you can. you know, just write me like whatever you want the little blurb to say. And everyone else's were so professional. It's like Tony is a, you know, composer and musician. And, and you know, <laughs> Ben is a, is a, a sound designer and all this kind of thing. And then Damian is an indie game developer. And then I was just like, what are my talents? Beer, wrestling. <laughs> Beer. Should have used um, a less flattering picture. You just getting messed up or something you you look like a, a nice young young man in that photo yes you do that's pretty recent i think this was like a few months maybe maybe like five months ago or something it was when my wife and i were on vacation in bisbee arizona beautiful town everyone should visit there at least once 
probably probably easily one of my favorite places in America. It's just a very nice place. Um, I don't believe you. And then uh, I think the most prolific episode of Talking Doom with Flambeau comes up shortly thereafter, uh, which is Animal. And <laughs> strangely, one of the most successful podcasts published. <laughs> like, you are so I never sober. thought that was going to happen. He, he was uh, enjoying some some very legal substances in, in his mm-hmm. home state. And uh, mm-hmm. it was very candid. He was having a great time. <laughs> it was more like. Uh, Motherload, are you free for another episode? Yeah. Who are we going to ask? Yeah, let's ask Animal. Yo, Animal, are you online? Yes. Join this. Why? What is it? Well, just join it. <laughs> and then we did an interview. I was really hesitant to publish it. Like When I was editing that, I was like, there's no way I can publish this. This is going to be bad. <laughs> this is the worst PR we could ever have. Was that because it of the word or... Uh no, it wasn't cursing or anything like that. It was like the whole tangent on furries. <laughs> uh, I mean the I mean I was, the the furry one. Yes, <laughs> I thought <laughs> I uh I just I don't know, man. It's a really weird, hard line to walk here because I want to be like inclusive, and I don't want to like make anyone who's listening to the show feel bad about their sexuality or whatever. But I also have no interest in like censoring anyone else's point of view, if that makes sense. And I don't think Animal actually like has a problem with you know people who like to dress up and shit in litter boxes or whatever. Uh, but I could see how people could interpret the way he was talking in that episode really, really negatively. <laughs> but it was so much fun. He was so funny, man. And and also like a, a pretty fucking prolific guy in the, in the doom multiplayer scene in general. And it's just, it, I don't know. I'm glad we do talk and do with Flambo. I don't think I'll ever want to get rid of that. It is difficult to have. I think we've recorded more episodes of talking doom and deleted them. <laughs> than we have. Published. Yes. Cause there've been, there were two with domains that we had to delete. And then there was another one with uh, I think Ubergawai has been on two that have been deleted. Like there's so many we do them. And then we're like, we don't, I don't take them as seriously, I guess like from an interviewer standpoint, cause it's just usually us shooting the shit with some friends kind of thing. So in, inevitably, inevitably, we always get like inevitably. fucking, yeah, I, I'm like half drunk by the end of it. And it's just like, well, let's just see what happens. <laughs> let's just let animal talk yep. for an hour. <laughs> Oh, and it was a good tragedy. Tragedy. So fuck, yeah, tragedy. We always call it tragedy. Never mind. Um. Then after that, Vince Desi, I, I have met few wiser men in my life. You know, like I got to like go to his house, and this is the the quote postal house. This guy lives in a ginormous house. Like, I don't think I've ever been in a house that big. And I used to work construction for like a lot of houses and shit. Like, I don't think I've ever been in a house that was just like, whoa, people live like this. Oh, it's like being on MTV Cribs or some shit. You know, like, uh, like MTV Cribs, a lot of them were like, they would rent giant mansions 
and pass really? it off as their house because they didn't want people to see how they actually lived. Yeah. Uh, it's a t- TV business. It's all fake. The mansion? Yeah, it's all bullshit. Oh, yeah. I think it was like they had Red Man on one time and it, they just brought him to their, their they they went to his apartment and it's just like a <laughs> shitty apartment. <laughs> <laughs> just dirty with chicken bones and shit laid out everywhere. Blunt That's raps. amazing. <laughs> yeah. But at least he was honest, man. He's just being real. Like, fucking... I, I believe Nelly's house was probably real, but he's, like, fucking ridiculously rich. So I, I imagine Nelly's really rich. He sold a lot of records at some point. Absolutely. Mm. Just a few. Hmm. <laughs> then um, another really cool like kind of recent episode was Samansky coming back on. And uh, I had the first time I interviewed him, I wanted to talk a lot more about everything he's done. That's not dusk, but you know, dusk was so big and so all encompassing in our scene at the time that it's very prolific. Yeah, I know dusk is the game that made boomer shooters like put, it put us on the map in terms of, you know, this is again, right? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't consider the original shooters that are like this genre. Like, I, I guess they, they're boomer shooters in a way, because, but at the time they were just first person shooters. You know what I mean? It's like going to Mexico and saying like, let's eat in a Mexican restaurant. I'm like, no, that's just a restaurant here. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the, there had been rat rack and there had been project warlock, I think, but there just hadn't been anything that like really hit hard. Like this is going to change the market until dusk dusk, like perfect game at the perfect time with the perfect guy marketing it, you know, which is Dave and God bless him. Catholic bless him. Sorry. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. There you go. But that I told Dave, like right after that interview, like, let's do, you know, not right now, but let's do a podcast where we talk about everything else you've done. And this was like right around the same time that the the recent Dread X collection, The Hunt was coming out, which he was producing, which was all uh, mostly shooters. I think all but one of these games is a first person shooter. But he had done so much in the horror scene, like the kind of indie horror scene that had nothing to do with anything that, you know, first person shooter wise or dusk or any of that kind of shit. That was probably, um, and I think I actually the most shocking thing of that episode. Cause I had played his games before he made dusk. And when, uh, those facts were dropped, I'm like, Oh yeah. Uh, the music machine. Was that one of them? I think I played that in the, uh, <laughs> what was the other one? Oh God. The wolf. Um, I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking. The wolf. Uh, I was about to say the wolf among us. So that's not what I meant to say. Uh, um, there was the moon sliver. I have maybe? the moon sliver, but I don't know if I played that one. There's a couple of them that are free. I think. Uh, oh, there's one. There's one. It's it's got a finger, finger bones. bones. Yeah, I played finger bones. Yeah. Finger bones. Yeah, that yeah. game's fucked up, man. 
he couldn't have been like cooler and more like sensitive to the subject matter when he when we talked about it. But like when I first played that game, I was seriously like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" <laughs> like seriously, I was like, "I David, if you ever you know when you listen to him talk or whatever, like he's the most wholesome, nice, like good Christian, loving husband and father." And I'm just like, what is going on here? Like, what happened to you? Who hurt you? No one, apparently. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, and that that pretty much brings us up to the present. We've had a lot of really cool people on recently. I think Voitech was fucking awesome. Like, get Hyper Strange making the new Postal game. It, that was long overdue because, you know, I was in the fucking trailer. <laughs> and yet I didn't for some reason didn't uh, find the, the right time until now to really talk about postal brain damage. And I, I guess it needed more time to like have something to talk about. And uh, the, this is episode 100. So at this point we have one, two, three, four, five more episodes already scheduled and they're all like all bangers. All of them. And I already spoiled them on Twitter too. I like dropped that screenshot Saturday of like, this is what we got coming up. But I'm very excited for the absolute longest episode ever in the, in the history of In the Keith to come out and to see how people react to it. Is it feature length? Which is, uh, it is four and a half hours. It's like Titanic right there. It's huge. It's, um, I guess we'll go ahead and plug it and get people excited about it if if they even give a fuck. But it's this guy, Jeremy Alessi, who I met because he was a friend of a coworker. And he is, you know, he, he was a game designer for since the mid 90s. And he did, a, he literally wrote the book on iOS game development. Yeah. Like if you go look up like on Amazon, go search Jeremy Alessi and you'll see the like the textbook on how to make iOS games will pop up. Uh, he made Swapfire for the Nintendo. Uh, I want to say Wii U, which is like a one of the only first person shooters published on that. Like and actually, I would consider it a, a retro first person shooter graphically. And and he tells this whole story about you know how he got into the game development stuff and how he got into software, and then his constant struggle with Nintendo. You know he like he got in on the Wii U and then like the Wii U was a totally you know I wouldn't say totally unsuccessful but definitely compared to what we have now, it was not one of the hits, and they will not give him the dev kit for the switch for some reason. And he doesn't know why. And it kind of, kind of becomes this kind of like conspiracy theory, like what's going on behind the scenes thing about Nintendo. And that was interesting stuff. He also, I don't want to spoil too much, but he's it, the main, the main thing that we're here to talk about with him is this product. He's got called Nucade, which is a, it's built on this thing called stream SDK. And it allows you to, basically take your personal retro game collection. So if you have like NES stuff slaying around or whatever to stream it in real time um, with other people anywhere in the world 
you know, obviously accounting for, you know, good connections and everything, but like you could be sitting at your house, red eyes, and I could be sitting here and we could co-op, uh, like TMNT. I'll do that right now. With like (laughs) very minimal lag or anything. We could get the four player arcade version going and have four people fucking going at it. Yeah. Like he's essentially working on the, the, the past the controller system you know the the couch co-op for online play uh, that other companies are trying to do um like steam is still i guess still trying to get their shit off the ground it hasn't worked and then there's i think retrocade or something like that there's a few companies that are attempting this and just haven't nailed it down yet his works and there's lots and lots of shit out there about it on his YouTube channel and stuff like of him and other people testing it out and playing it. It's going to be really cool to see how it comes along. Hmm. Um, I have questions, but I'll, I'll and leave that, that sir, to the podcast. Uh, the episode itself. Okay. Yeah. That one's going to be hella dope. Uh, Smile Scythe is going to be dope. I think recently, for some reason, I have... Like the average podcast length has like gotten a lot longer. I mean, this is going to be a pretty long one right here, but it's episode 100 and you guys are my friends. It's officially um, two hours. I know that somewhere along this. Yeah. Right around two hours now, but we did a four hour one with Arlene. So what's the rush? I mean, we'll, even before that, like, <laughs> we'll be a lot of, anyway, I think overall the average length of the show has kind of always been around an hour and a half ish. And then, Every once in a while, you just find somebody who's just like, yeah, let's just keep going. Like, let's talk. And you know me, man. I'll just fucking ramble on forever. So, um, like, Smile Scythe, I want to say, is like three hours. Jeremy's four and a half hours. Arlene was four hours. Uh, I think Waffle Iron Studios, they were like two and a half hours. It's just like, I, I don't know. People want to spend more and more time kind of get digging into this shit. And they're not all going to be that long. Don't get me wrong, but. I like the freeform format. I got into that with uh, Moleke because you know, he does his uh, lock jump podcast now. It's like Portuguese localization themed stuff. I I would like to say that it's a really good show, and I'm sure it is, but I don't speak Portuguese, so I haven't actually. I don't understand anything that's going on in it. But uh, he he was saying like that's it's crazy to do a four hour long podcast. No one's going to listen to that. <laughs> and I was just like, but I mean, every episode of Joe Rogan is like minimum two and a half hours. Most of them three and some more. And that's the biggest podcast in the world. So like, I don't get how people can skip through it if they want, like not a big deal. Or, yeah. Like whatever. And most people aren't going to listen to the whole thing, but for the people who want to, here's a, I feel like you don't really get into the meat and potatoes of a conversation until you've been talking mm-hmm. for a while. Like a 30 minute interview is you're not really talking to the person. You're still talking to that kind of like front, you know, that, that you're still getting to know each other at that point. You know, once you're two hours in, had a couple of beers, excuse me. Once you've had a couple of beers in there, like who fucking knows? Like the, you're really at that point, you're rolling, you're talking to this person. They're talking to you. They're being honest. They're like really giving you their, their their soul. Not everyone, you know. It's harder to get some people to drop their guard than others. But yeah, and that brings us up to the present. I love presents. 
<laughs> so do I. It's amazing. I just like uh, really want to thank you guys for helping out, man. Like, in the keep would not be what it is without everyone on the staff. Oh, you're not just, just saying that. I mean, I could just be saying that, but it's true. I, I literally don't know how to do anything. So you you want to know what brought me here? Not only today, but every other day. Ambition. And the fact... The free cookies. The free cookies and... (laughs) Internet cookies, that is. And the ideas that get thought of and worked on and finished. I am attracted to that kind of go-getting attitude from all of you. And I am not the biggest... Uh, starting off, I was not a big. I wasn't really into whatever, whatever you guys are. You know, I wasn't into Doom or Quake, but like just the fact that, and any of these other shooters. But like, I've slowly gotten into it, and and uh, I love the friends that I. It is kind of infectious, yep. isn't it? It's been kind of the evolution of the show. Is that like? I really don't want it to just be about shooters, you know? Um, I I did at first, I really just wanted to like be the boomer shooter show, but then I kind of realized over time, like I'm, I'm growing as mm-hmm. a person, you know, and I don't just want to talk about nothing but boomer shooters. I don't even want to play boomer shooters all the time. I like boomer shooters. Don't get me wrong. They're still like one of my favorite genres of games, but like, I'm not going to ignore or like not use our platform for other things that I find equally interesting. If not relatable. Um, I mean, that kind of started with faith. That's when we kind of broke away from that a little bit. Yeah. That was a good time to do it too. Cause it was like, it was, it, but it was perfectly retro and horror. Like I, I thought you were going to be like a horror and FPS kind of podcast for a bit. I mean, we're still pretty much focused on that, but like I, I felt like obligated to disclose that at the beginning of the faith episode, I was like, you know, I know this isn't what you usually tune in to hear about, but I think you'll walk away happy that you did, you know, kind of thing. And I just don't want to apologize for it anymore. Like since then we've had conscript. That's a top down, like survival horror game. We've had scald. We've had fucking, I mean, Retrocade, we just got done talking about. It's not a game, but it's a, an ability yeah. to play, you know. It's one of these are... big titles, these retro kind of indie titles, or just indie titles in general. When they win, the rest of the indie developers win. So people have faith, like, hey, if a small team can pump out a game that AAA t- uh, fucking companies are still unable to pop out on a regular basis, then maybe we should just start buying these games. That's what I started doing. Yeah. I stopped caring about AAA titles unless it's by somebody that's like a rock star developer, like Kojima. Like I've yet to play Death Stranding, but you know, I still want to play it at some point. I'm just not interested that's in spending sixty dollars on something that will most likely disappoint me. Mm-hmm. Like, I I mean, Doom Eternal hit me pretty hard, and then I I don't know, I'm just damaged now. I still really like I I think it's a good game and all that. I don't have to have the Doom Eternal conversation, but like that was the end of me pre-ordering AAA games. That's not going to happen ever again. Yeah, yeah, no, I just wanted it because Dude Skin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't want it because Dude Skin. 
Well, well, I also knew the combat loop. I'm like, you know what? I'll give this a shot. This is interesting. I wish it was a little less restrictive, but whatever. Not a big deal. Um, I kind of want to see where it's going to go now that Microsoft kind of owns it. I hope they start including Doom on every single installation of Windows from here on out. They should do it. Bill Gates wanted to do it, kind of. That'd be kind of dope. Oh, man. Remember that fucking video of Bill Gates uh, where he's like green screened yes. in front of Doom with the shotgun and he doesn't know how to hold... And he's holding a trench. Wearing a trench coat too. It's great. Yeah, that was the original Red Eyes Green Dragon video. <laughs> That's my dad. <laughs> Your daddy's Bill. Ga- Damn, dude, you must be flown in. Well, money. you know who else wins? The consumer. Uh, excuse me. The you know AAA titles they got to do what they got to do. They cost big money to make, so they need to get the big money in returns. And- you know, $60 isn't going to cut it. They're going to throw all kinds of things at you. Uh, that, you know, cosmetic things you got to pay for almost in every game that's AAA title. And, it's, you know, it's your choice to spend that money. Canadians really get shafted for it. And other countries do, too. Like, just for reference, we pay, like, what is it, seventy nine, eighty nine, ninety nine for a game? Yeah, but it's nice like what to the see, frig? <laughs> uh, smaller titles by smaller teams. Uh, if you know, if it's more than one person, and usually it's one person nowadays, and you get more focused ideas, more uh, condensed, tasty gameplay. You don't get, you know, it's not. It's like you know, fast food. You, do you want the fast food that you can get anytime, eighty hours uh, per? game you buy you know or you want nice delicious uh filet mignon you know that takes you an hour or two to eat or or it's procedurally generated <laughs> and you eat it forever i feel like a lot of like this i think i finally understood the market of games that only take two to five hours to beat people are like why would i spend 20 bucks on a game like that and then I became like a full-on adult, and I'm like, yeah, no, I get it now. <laughs> like, once you hit like a certain point in your life where you don't have as much time for games, smaller titles seem way exactly. more. Exactly. I'm gonna step away for a couple minutes here, but you guys keep the okay. conversation rolling. You yeah. just sprinkle on multiplayer. Uh, you know, dusk. You just you you, you throw a multiplayer yeah. in that works only half the time, and then and I'll keep playing it. Yeah, like once we can get a. Once we can get a proper, like, we just want a spectating tool, like a proper first-person spectate. It's all we or really wanted. When we have uh, Dusk Nights, I, and, like, it too. goes smooth, and then something happens. Like, everyone's got a different issue. Every player is like, why do I oh, see yeah. two of the same server? I'm not seeing any servers. I see 10,000 servers, and my computer is crashing. That's not a real issue. But the, the other two were. And uh, it's really frustrating. And the fact that we can load up custom maps now that are built in Trench Broom yes. and have them load properly, like I, I can't wait for like we're I'm surprised we're not able to just like have the maps loaded on our systems. Somebody load up a server, boot up that map, and have everybody join who has well, it downloaded. I'm surprised Steam that's not possible. But if, for the Dusk mod support, but uh, okay. I, I really want that's to do good. Dusk modding, not or playing the Dusk mods. Because, uh, Dusk. I want to play Dusk. Dusk, indeed. Oh, man. One of the... One of the... Dusk is the... Oh, it's the beast. Actually, that was one of the first tournaments uh, me and Mother Lo uh, did uh, casting for. That was one of the first times I actually uh, helped no, out with I'm the sorry. community. 
other than Almar. I was Almart. thinking of Jusk. What's the one where they replace all the skins? They, I don't they know. All the skins with the, <laughs> There's a lot of the ones like the Uncle John. I'm pretty right. sure Brand Flakes uploaded one that was just like a box of Brand Flakes that was at, that replaced one of the boxes in the game. Oh, just, just good job, Brand Flakes. Or Igrax Simon's, or somebody did it. I know those two, Igrax Simon, who's an amazing music person who's produced music. Well, he did the intro. Uh, he also did the Pigeon Keep, or uh, was it the, the Pigeon Keep? The Pigeon Classic uh, theme song. Uh. I can't speak today. It's been a long Jusk week. Is for me. the is the Dusk mod where every texture is like replaced with Big John? So, I'm not sure how so I like feel. The rats about have that. Big John's face. The all the enemies have Big oh, John's no. face. Oh no, no. I was talking to, I think it's one or two guys that worked on that mod. They were in my Discord and they were just. I have their the the one picture of the Big John. Uh, texture on one of the main enemy's faces as a emoji, and he was like, "Hey, I made that." I'm like, oh shit, it's the Just Guy, <laughs> and that was it. That was our conversation. <laughs> so I need to play Just sometime as soon as I uh, stop dicking around and actually learn how to install the mods without using or without waiting for the Steam Workshop support. But yeah, Dusk, good. Uh. I love, I love the episodic release format. I, I I don't think I was. I may have played the first episode of Dusk when it first came out, but I love, uh, like that classic release the first episode and then the other ones come out when we're done, kind of a thing. Uh, very classic of a, of a, way of doing things. But it's also exciting for the players that get the early access in the games like that. And then it's even... I think de- developing early access games as an episodic format, I think, it's works like a, a television lot better. Show. Uh, when it comes out, you got to wait next week or however long. But then when you hear about it like a year or two later, and then you just binge watch it, you just binge play every episode of Dusk for a couple days. Oh, that's what happened to me with uh, Ion Fury. I played the the beta, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I hope this like, goes somewhere more, because this is, this is something, but it's not it's not everything. You know what I mean? And then Ion Fury came out, and I was like, oh, it's so fucking that's, good. That's next on my list. Oh, stuff. Big, big explosions. Oh, it's so good. Wrath. I've been having a ton of fun with that. Looks that's so a good, good one. Plays so good. I have mouse issues with it though, unfortunately, with the Logitech mouse. I have to set like my polling rate to like five hundred or like a hundred or something like that to get Man, it to work right. I have a Logitech mouse too. Yeah. I uh I just bought a one forty four Hertz monitor and the first game I tested it on was Dusk. Mwah, that looked beautiful. But, oh, that is the best Rath game to is do my it on. First, like, playthrough. And mwah, mwah, I didn't know it actually looked like that, you know? I seen Doom 2016 was my first 144 hertz playthrough. Man, I would love that to play good. through that game because I played like half of it and said I'd get I'll get back to it and never did and uninstalled it. But it's like 50 gigs. I don't want to reinstall that. I'm shocked that Doom Do Eternal was half that size. I'm glad that technology worked out. 
Yeah, they did a good job of that. But the also on the I don't know, there were some optimization issues obviously on the launch. I gotta play through it again just to give it another try with optimizations. How? It's been a while. It's been over how a year. Do you, how do you release a game with was it the the Annie cheat or something in there? That the DRM uh, they had the the friggin' root access of your computer. What the fuck oh. was that? Oh yeah, no, that was the that was the, when they tried adding the DRM, but the original launch version didn't have any anti uh, <laughs> piracy protection or something out. like that. Yeah, I should have done that. I should have backed it up, but whatever. Just, just so I could install it on multiple PCs and test stuff with it and see how it runs. Use it as like a benchmarking version of Doom. Uh, the super jank broken version. If your PC can run this at 200 frames per second, by golly, you got a fucking good PC there. <laughs> you know, Motherload said that Doom Eternal was like his last game, or that was the game that made him not want to pre-order anymore. D- Doom yeah. Eternal, hello. Doom Eternal was the game that made me scared to buy triple a games anymore because there's so many cooks in the kitchen. it made me realize there's so many cooks in the kitchen there's so much going on that something like having the drm uh accidentally you know have access to the root of your of your system now i'm no computer expert but i heard people freaking out about that and it's like yeah root access is like literally the keys to your house and nobody's home to uh that's that's uh, horrifying. Even if like that was an accident and they had no ill intent, like that's a TLDR version of it. But like just to give people a, an idea of why people would freak out, it's because yeah, that's getting access yeah, like, to your I, stuff. I'm a dummy. I hear yeah, that. That's not what fun. if I I spend you know sixty dollars on a game only for it to uh, reveal some kind of access into the back doors of my computer and then someone online finds out about it or uh and then tells everyone and suddenly you know hacker heaven i don't know how that would work i'm just you know i'm just speculating and getting a rise but there's a lot of stuff yeah that and happen. i'm like i can just get an indie game for not 60 dollars have a good time well it's not like an indie game yeah. hasn't uh caused any problems before what was it uh cube ninja i'm not sure if that was an indie game but it was a smaller team that made it for the nintendo 3ds and it turned out to have an exploit on it that allowed like jailbreakers yes. to fully like jailbreak the 3ds that. that's funny yeah st- stuff like that like you never know what your system can do or what but that's programmers for you they like messing up computers i guess no, uh <laughs> when it's a big company uh they, there's much more hype and audience around something like that. And when it's an indie game, if someone discovers, uh, uh, you know, this indie game accidentally just lets root access into my computer, that's it for them. They're never going to sell another game or whatever. That's, that's big. No, no, yeah. even if it was an accident, but, uh, uh, triple a people are going to forget. Uh, I'm, I'm, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but I feel like uh, I I agree completely. It's, it's <laughs> I think you're on it's hard. Point. It's scary being a gamer nowadays, you know. I enjoy indie games, and it's like 
buying a triple A game is like going to fucking Benihana. And playing an indie game is like if someone invites you into their house and makes you dinner with organic ingredients that they grew in their backyard. I'm, I'm you know? pinching my fingers. It's just way better. Absolutely. And you get that it, personal touch. Yes. And, and you know that that person is actually benefiting from it. Like, I guarantee you most of the people who work at you know, Rockstar or, you know, any any giant AAA company, uh, the people who do the hard work most of the time, you know, with the, you know, I'll, I'll leave some room for executive disorder folks, but we know, we know that the people working on like Fortnite and shit like this, that they're just being grossly underpaid and grossly overworked for a product that they probably don't really believe in, you know? I don't want to support that. I don't want my money to go towards that machine. I'm I'm sure that it makes no difference and they're going to make all their money regardless of me, little old me or whatever, but that's just not what I want to put my money and time into. Also, Fortnite sucks, but that's just, you know, irrelevant in this conversation. That's not the point. I'm just using it as an example of like a giant corporate money machine and not like a handcrafted singular vision that's someone's baby. Like, who was the guy who, like, came up with the idea of Fortnite? Like, do you think he was just like, this is going to be the most beautiful, wonderful, awesome experience, and I just can't wait well, for here's, people to see here's my Here's the thing, Motherload. Yeah. Like, are you talking Reality. about the Battle Royale? Because I came second. Fortnite used, was originally, like, a horde-based wave defense kind of thing. You see what I'm getting at, though? That, that was not their vision. They just took that vision... And you know, because PUBG came out, that's why PUBG got into what would be the most profitable for their company. Yeah, somebody took a pre existing idea, it's like, oh, Battle Royale, that that got huge. We're gonna now make that, which was smart. It was the smartest thing they ever did. Just look at them now. I like it, was smart in one way, it made a lot of money. Well, Epic's like the one, like. One of the older school developers and publishers that has been surviving this long and actually making some smart decisions, I think. I mean, I agree with you from a monetary standpoint. They made a great decision from a making a great game that will like last the test of time and like actually mean something to people. Like, well, how many know. years has it gone on for? Kids are loving this. Like, I guarantee you, like, kids are going to be like, oh, man, I used to play a crap out of Fortnite back in the day. I, I hope I'm you know I I hope that's the case I hope people get a lot because it is it. it is a third person shooter like it's it's awesome that kids are thinking about like four dimensional like hey I may it may just be you may think of it as like oh he's just plopping up a wall instantly no some of these guys are like building forts on the fly building pathways trying to escape from enemies or to get an advantage point I, I respect and they're both skill I, I respect all yeah no I I, I just think that's great I, that get, that kids are playing like uh, a competitive shooter you know what I mean whether it's first or third or something like that because that's very old school when you think about it like the whole jumping mechanics and how they move about the field and stuff like that it's very video game you're not going to trick you... me into saying anything nice about the game <laughs> no i'm not trying to ask you to do that i'm just saying like i'm just saying it, it's very much a video game first and foremost and that's what i think is great it's not trying to be anything else i don't think well it kind of is but it, it's a video game first and foremost right but that's, that's a total great. derailment from like kind of what we're we're talking about it, i know I, my apologies i'm not gonna i'm not gonna cut anything out it's fucking too long now uh except for that what one thing talking about i forgot uh 
we were talking about like the AAA versus indie yeah, fuck experience them. here. That's 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 what I'm getting at. I don't I don't I don't give a fuck about Fortnite. Fuck them straight in the ass. <laughs> yeah, no fuck. People em. who play Fortnite are fucking lame. Uh, you're lame. Go uh, play Minecraft. It's way better. Play, that's an play, indie game. Was it's the same thing as like go support your local business. Stop shopping at fucking exactly. Walmart and go support a human being, not a corporation. It's. They're fine. Make they, a they, difference they in someone money. else's life. Indie games like get the business when their product is good, but it's always nice when the art and the fun comes first before the business. Like yeah, uh, like Dusk. Oh, wrapping it back around. Um, he was just making that, and and uh, just he was just jerking around in Unity, <laughs> and then he exited, and then he just eventually made a fun game the spare time yeah no like there's was, was a lot of stuff that's how like half these developers were getting into it was like i just want to make something fun i'm gonna stick around in their basement and make some games well that's what i'm doing with call of seregnar right now it's just like you know it's a pretty huge scope for an indie game and the the real question is funding now do does that mean that the game needs a publisher? Like it would be nice maybe to have, if, if the right publisher with the right deal came along and all that, that'd be cool, but it's totally Patreon supported. And if we can get to a point where Damian can work full time on the game off of, you know, money from things like not necessarily just Patreon, but things like that. If he can cover his mortgage and feed his kid, you know, make sure his wife doesn't leave him while developing this game full time. That's the goal. And that's kind of my job is to try to figure out ways to make that happen. Um, aside from, you know, like helping with marketing and, you know, helping with, you know, if, if, uh, if a publisher comes along, like, okay, well let's, let's talk to them in a, in a business way. Like, Cause unfortunately, even in the indie industry, a lot of these quote unquote indie publishers and, I know who the good ones are. I know most of the good ones anyway. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there actively trying to take advantage of people who are not business savvy, but who are talented at making games. And that's a whole it's other like can of music worms industry. But, I mean, that's any industry that's industry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, if you, you get signed on with somebody like New Blood with your indie game. I mean, you're about to have a hell of a badass experience, and you're you can pretty much guarantee that your game is going to come out great. You're going to have a great group of people working around you who support you. Uh, you're going to have excellent marketing. Blah blah blah. Like you, you know, Dave's going to when he takes on a game, he goes full fucking Monty. Like he's he's in on your behalf. Not to say he's not also making a lot of money off of it, but I mean it's a mutual, mutually beneficial situation. Um, I don't want to talk about which game specifically, but there was one game that uh, we featured on the show really heavily and had a lot of a lot to do with. That was in one of those like indie publisher deals that was like they take most of the money and you don't make a dime. Even after we're once we put the game out on sale, you're not making a dime until we make back everything that we've invested in you. So, like, the game is published. There's money being made, 
and the person who did all of the work is still in like a you're going to starve to death situation until the game turns a full-on profit for the company like that's just not fucking fair it's not fair to anyone it's just awful just say straight up taking advantage of someone I mean, yeah, you're cool. You got your game published. Yeah, you got some publicity, but like, it's not that particular publisher really didn't do jack shit to promote the game, except you know, put it on their website and their Steam page. Like, well, anybody can do that. I could have done that myself. Yeah, you might as well not have one at all and just do it yourself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. There's a, a people kind of. I mean, you know, you have this idea like, I need a publisher. I'm making a game. I need a publisher. Um. But I mean, a you not you don't necessarily always need one, and B it's like, is this publisher acting in my best interest, or are they just milking me for money, essentially? The the and best thing you got to ask yourself that question for any developers uh, to take away from this is, I, I mean, with any rising, uh, if you're trying to sell a, a product, to learn a little bit. A business, not necessarily, uh, you know, go all alone and don't have a publisher, but learn enough to know what's a good deal, what's a bad deal. Maybe have a friend that's good at business that you can, you know, hey, there, uh, this publisher deal looks like it's going to dick me over. Do you think it's going to do that? And they say, yeah. And at least have a uh, have a little bit of insight in foreshadowing before you uh, release your your child, your baby of a of a game into someone else's hands. But it's tough. And I would also I would also say like actually read the document. Yeah. <laughs> before you put your John Hancock on it. Think about what all this might mean. You know, take it to a, your lawyer if you have to, like whatever. But don't, yeah, don't give up your 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 child essentially, like your your brainchild, to someone who doesn't actually care about you. Like, yeah, if you that, don't know what you're doing, a deal like that is the company basically telling you that they they don't believe in you. You know what I mean? Like when they say like you you don't earn a dime until we've earned everything back that we've invested into this, they're saying like we're not we're not partners here. Yeah, like, it's there's no. I mean, there is a little bit of risk for the publisher, but if they think the game is going to do good enough, they're they're just going to benefit. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you should invest in things that you don't believe in. If yeah. that makes sense. Like, I mean, sure, you, I mean, just strictly talking like bare teeth business, Stocks. like just cold blooded business talk. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to invest in anything you give a shit about. You could just spread your money around all over, all over the place, see what works. If you, you know, one doesn't work out, who gives a shit? You just, you make all your money back on the other thing. That's possible, but like that's not. It's not ethical. Gotta. That's not yeah. loving. That's just cold blooded. It's being a hack. Be a hack. 
you gotta you gotta take risks. And if you're in, if your developer is not willing to take or sorry, if your publisher is not willing to take a risk on you, why are you willing to take a risk on them? You know, because they need you just as much as you need them. Like without games, what is a publisher going to publish? That's why I, I would love to see more startup publishers like New Blood from fresh faces in the industry, hence their name, of course, that have a better attitude. It'll be cool to see. When I think of New Blood, I don't think of a publisher. I think of like a gang, <laughs> a, a gang of dudes that, that go around and and collect game developers that are making games they love and they just initiate them into the gang in a way. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially from from the outside looking in and kind of talking to the people who work there, that does seem to be the case. Their team's also really good at taking negativity and making something positive out of it. They're like, <laughs> they're a bunch of dudes who have individual talents um, and they lean on each other, right? So like you bring in Dylan to work, you know, to develop Gloomwood, right? And, you know, there are some things that he's really good at it. And there's some things that he could use some help on. And then they just look around the team and they're like, well, who here is really good at designing games or like designing guns for this type of game? Well, Dave is really good at that. Let's use David. Okay. And then David becomes like, you know, basically the, it, it, the game doesn't say just Dylan anymore. It says D- David and Dylan when you turn it on, like it's, it's pretty beautiful. Um, I don't think Hakita needs much help, but you know, I'm sure he's getting some somewhere in there. Um, I think faith is another one of those where it's just like, uh, Airdorf is working on it mostly by himself, you know, with the funding and then, you know, like, Hey, what do you guys think of this? And then they just have a group of people who are really good at this offering him fucking, you know, insider feedback. And again, this is a lot of this is speculation. Like I, I'll never really know unless I were, you know, in there with them, but. Yeah, I mean, New Blood has an excellent and very different, very holistic kind of model that works. And I don't see why you wouldn't want that. It seems so preferable to the, the, the big company crunch thing. Absolutely. And having... In every way. If you're, way. A, say, a game developer that you know, you're, you're just the sole game developer of your game, it's great to have... Mm-hmm not only a publisher, but like a group of people that want your game to be finished. So they're going to encourage you not only financially and the promise of financial gain, but like they want to see your game through. So I can understand in certain uh, situations like your soul programmer it can you're sitting at computer all the time sometimes you don't want to you might have a moment where you don't want to work on the game so to have a good publisher uh that wants you to pull through with it uh that can make all the difference in the world well i mean and i I think i've tried to encourage this within the keep but it's like nothing about this game or whatever project we're working on or this thing is more important than like your health and happiness. Like if you're, if you're doing something that you wish you weren't doing, I'd rather you just not do it. I'd, I'd rather you go get a full night's sleep and come back tomorrow than I would for you to stay up all night 
doing a half-ass job, you know? Um, and luckily in like my workspace, that's kind of always been the case. Like there's sometimes when it's just like, all right, we're all, you know, we're all on the same sinking ship and we're just going to have to fucking deal with it. But like creating a culture of like, just being very understanding of people's humanities, like they have lives, you know, if, if you've got to go deal with your kid or your fucking wife or girlfriend or like some, some real life shit that comes up, somebody dies and you need to go to their funeral. I mean, I don't want you to have to make a decision between a, a dumb project that we're working on and, and something that's actually important to you. And I don't think any company should do that to anyone. No one should feel like their, their life has to be on halt because of a product. Um, and from what I understand, that's like, you know, new, new blood has done a great job with that. Like, I don't know how the inner workings really go, but I would imagine like everybody's pretty fucking goddamn supportive of each other. They're just like, you know, absolutely. We, it, we, that's like the part of their motto is like, we don't crunch. You know, if, if you're, you're not, you're lacking the creative juices today, come back when you have them and we'll get there and we'll stand behind you to help you get there. And, and if you come to a point where it's like, we have a release date and like, we have to delay something, then like it's on the, there's a good, a right and a wrong way to do that, you know? And if the publisher stands behind you and says like, no, we are going to delay because we want to give our, and that's part of it too, is having the right kind of fan relationship or supporter relationship or whatever is saying, no, we realize you guys want this game, but we would much rather give you the finished product than to give you the timely, not finished product or the lackluster product trademark. Uh, But but then you have that's the triple A industry doesn't work that way because you have so much money invested. So many different people have money invested and they all want their money. Now it's my money and I need it now. I think we're probably, I hope that doesn't get us kicked off YouTube. That's the copyright strike. You doomed us. Yep. Yeah. That the copyright strike is the JG. I'd be happy about that. I don't know about you guys. You can do that on your own channel, you asshole. You know, if if that's what gets me a copyright strike, I'm down. You know, like, let's just go. I don't care about YouTube anymore. I used to care. Right. Fuck YouTube. Like, that's not where our our money comes from anyway. But, like, I'm... I'm waiting for the day we get kicked off YouTube. Like, please kick me off YouTube. It'll be the best thing that ever happened because that'll be a, one less chore I have Did, to uh, do. Now they won't do it because they're asking to do it. I know, and that that Did, sucks. Uh, this will be the the one that's like catapults us to YouTube. Fans. Did any of you guys use VidMe when that was a thing years ago? Yeah, kind of. No, was no. The, the, remember, uh, not Vimeo. Well, that that is a alternative competitor to youtube but vidme was the up-and-coming uh youtube that it, it was basically youtube but just a different uh company and i was using that for a while because it was a uh, heavy on getting new creators like the other site uh it has like a fire logo i forgot what the other site's called but vidme had to get shut down because uh to uh, we we know that youtube was operating at a loss for years 
even after Google bought them and to have a startup that is of the same vein of YouTube is so difficult that it can't even happen. And I, I wish, I wish it could happen. I wish we could have. Odyssey's doing really well. In the keep is on Odyssey, by the way, for anyone listening who would prefer to hear it through that meeting. Odyssey is like a, a, a blockchain sort of alternative to YouTube in that it, uh, it kind of operates on its own crypto. It rewards people for watching and, and using it with crypto. I don't really understand any of that shit, but like essentially what Odyssey is doing for me is that it, everything that I upload to YouTube automatically uploads to Odyssey and it's backed up on Odyssey. So if we lose YouTube, all of our shit will still be on Odyssey. Uh, and, this. and, I mean, to be totally frank and honest about it, it's kind of a kind of one of those like safe havens for the right wingers kind of places, you know, which all I think all anonymous open source things tend to be not because they sought out to be in any way, but just because, you know, people who value freedom, seek freedom and find it. And that's where they go because, you know, the totalitarian draconian (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> emperor overlords of Google and, and YouTube are silencing them. And so where do you do? You go take your business elsewhere. And uh, I don't want us to be that, but I'm, I'm happy for our shit to be backed up and available to our fans. Should YouTube decide that we're too edgy for them or some shit, which I don't think we're all that edgy. I just apologized to furries earlier. I would, I, I would didn't have to more sites <laughs> that are like YouTube, but more niche, like Newgrounds, uh, but they've been around for a while because that Newgrounds is more animation and flash. And even though you get animations on YouTube as well, it would be nice if there was a, another site home to a specific kind of creator other than having the rely on YouTube. Good morning, baby. I hear cat. We're, uh, welcome to In the Keep Podcast, honey. This is episode 100. Oh, congratulations. Thanks, babe. Sorry to budget. There's no reason to be apologetic. Take the cat with you, though. Come on, kitty. <laughs> I love cats that respond vocally. <laughs> Any day now, kitty. Alright. I love you, ladies. Love you. Talking to me. Mrs. Motherload. Uh, Nabe. I think Nabe's getting food. Say hi. I was going to just throw a wrench into the mix. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree with you though about the, there's part of me that agrees and part of me that disagrees, like having more niche, like focused sites would be beneficial, I guess. Like if you had like a, a video site that was just for gaming content or something that like that. Horrible. Might be nice. Oh, imagine if we just had a streaming platform just for gaming. That that used to exist and then and people no, figured really? out just just chatting tools and But oh. you know, I don't have a problem. Like man, Twitch, like I don't give a fuck with <laughs> Twitch. Who's that one guy that he's like a carpenter? That's like all he There's does. So many is just people like, like that. And you know, oh, I love cool. that. You know who I discovered was on Twitch was uh, Timbaland. 
He's making beats on Twitch all the time. All the time. Excuse me. Yeah, there's a lot of musicians, oh, really? like famous musicians on Twitch. Like, uh, uh, what's the guy's name from Linkin Park? The uh, oh, uh, literally the only member of Linkin Park that I could name is dead. Uh, so uh, it's not him. Yeah, Mike's, Mike. Mike uh, something. St- uh, <laughs> Mike's the class. <laughs> uh, Lincoln Park, Mike Shinoda. Yeah, Mike Shinoda. There we go. Uh, my, my, on my, 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 Mike Shinoda. You know, also Herman Lee from yep. Dragon Force is on there. He gets a bunch of metal guitarists, and yes. that's fucking awesome to watch. Go check out his channel sometime. He doesn't. He gets like two hundred viewers of like a stream sometimes. Like, go Absolutely. give him some support. He's cool. He's a gamer at heart. I, like, fuck. All of their music is okay to play on Twitch. Dragon I, Force is cool. Yeah, he said that, and then he got DMCA'd on his own song. <laughs> That's how you do it. I don't know if you saw that. He literally oh, like I did. He no, that was that, that was the whole thing. That was the whole thing that got like Twitch and like, oh, we got to get our shit together <laughs> a little bit more. Metallica. Like, Metallica. It's funny. a dumpster fire, man. It's a total fucking dumpster fire. Like, people are so heavily dependent on these giant corporations to pay their bills and then they like get super invested in that which is cool like i i want to be able to i want people to be able to depend on that kind of stuff but like you're dumb if you do if you literally think that you're just going to like make a living on twitch forever and that they are going to act in your best inf- interest you're wrong have you, you seen just, youtube like <laughs> you're, you're just totally wrong youtube is the same way exactly and it's like it's it's not if they don't, that they don't want to. Would it's that they can't? And maybe they don't want to either. But a site like YouTube, they can't give a shit about millions. Yeah, I'm not saying uh, that yeah, they're like any person working at YouTube or Twitch is is bad. Like DJ Wheat's a great guy, as far as I know. Like I just think that you're you're depending on a corporation. That corporation is a is a super organism. It's not a person. You know, they don't give yeah. a fuck about you. It's this giant thing that will operate on its own. I've, I've used this metaphor before, but it's like if you walked into Exxon tomorrow morning and you were the CEO and you were like, Hey guys, um, we're all billionaires, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all billionaires. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, let's stop doing fossil fuel. Let's just stop right now. Like why, so- why are we still doing that? Like, it's wrong, it's bad for the environment, it's fucking everything up. Let's just put all of our money into electric cars right now, have them out next year. Like, let's do it, like, real fast, like the COVID vaccine. Yeah, 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 the COVID vaccine. It's a a good business strategy, let's do that. And then, you said that, as the CEO, you would be replaced by lunch. They would just get a new CEO. It would replace you like a cell in a body. It's like if you scratched a cell off your ass cheek, a skin cell or some shit. That would make your stock just drop. Yeah. And that's how corporations operate, man. They don't they don't fucking care about you. So I like I that was a big crux of the conversation with Arlene is like yeah, I get it. You want people to follow the the Twitch Twitch's rules or whatever, but like good fucking luck. That's never going to happen. <laughs> and Twitch is not going to they're not going to just enforce it for your benefit. They're going to do whatever's profitable for Twitch because that's what it is. It's a corporation that's designed to make money, not to help people out. 
I wish it were, you know, I really wish that were the case. And as soon as I see something like that, I guarantee you I'm going to jump on it, but it ain't happening. That's why I'm not surprised when, uh, I'm getting ads on every YouTube video now because no one's paying for YouTube premium. So they gotta, they gotta do what they gotta do to keep things afloat. (laughs) I mean, think about that. They want you to pay them. I mean, don't worry. I pay for Hulu, so I can't really say much, but like they want you to pay them money so that they won't show you ads, which I get it. Like they have to make money somehow like that. That's a way better system is for every, if you just pay for what yeah. you use. That's an infinitely better system. But like, because they've set this giant precedent of it being free, that you're just, you're not going to escape the ad model because people are not going to think that way. Most people aren't going to think that way. When you're conditioned um, for so long, but yeah, when you've, it's way better to just have a direct relationship between customer and and uh, service provider monetarily than it is to use the ad model as a buffer in between you. It's a better experience for everyone. I just wish it wasn't $12 a month. I mean, I'm glad I'm not paying for anything else monthly besides Spotify, but I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, once I got two ads on a 10 minute video, I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll pay for YouTube. How much is it? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. That's how they get you. I thought the price was lower. I mean, I think about it. All, the, the biggest one that really actually keeps me up at night thinking about it is I use Discord every single day, mm-hmm. all the time for my business. Like that's what in the keep is first and foremost has always been a Discord community. And yet I don't pay for Nitro because they're offering me a bunch of shit that I don't want. Like, you know, there's a lot of things about Nitro that I do want, but I don't like. I feel like they could just offer me a wholesale price on it, and I would pay it. Like, just tell me how much it costs to like boost the voice servers to like 128, and that be it. You know, I, I don't want to do this whole fucking token system. Just give me the flat rate price, and I'll write it off on my taxes, and I'll pay it to you. But I don't want all the stupid game shit. I don't want like what is it Nitro even offering these days? Like, okay, it's five dollars a month, shit. fifty bucks a year. HD video, bigger uploads, server support, status repping, emoji power, personalized profile. Yeah, like, I don't want emoji power. I, I do want the stream quality. That'd be bigger nice. Bigger uploads, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's okay, but there's other services that can provide that yeah, to me. I, you know. As a video editor, and when I want to, like, show something I did in a video, like a short segment, I don't like bumping my bit rate in the export down to one megabyte <laughs> just to make it under eight megabytes uh, as the final render. I had to do that the other day. So it'd be really cool to have a hundred megabyte upload size. Hmm. Well, like, you know, or even like 16, like frig, even like 16 would be nice. Cause like I use like a WebM uh, tool and that, yeah. that works all right. It's a pretty small, but like honestly, eight megabytes is just so very. It's just just too small. It just needs to be it's a little like bit bigger. Poipus. It's a conspiracy. I know. C conspiracy. Con spear. I see. Yep. 
Oh, on Spear, SCI, yeah. Uh, it's just money rules everything around me. I mean, there's there's smart ways to go around about it though. There's excellent ways to go about it. Like Discord's monetization system right now just is not it doesn't appeal to me as a customer. I, I would much rather just pay for what I want. Like just give me the itemized value of these services and I will pay that. It'd probably be more than the cost of a Discord Nitro thing, but like what do you get out of that? You get two boosts and you have to make like fifteen boosts to make your server up to the level two. And like, so now I'm like at this point where it's like, we're just going to beg people to like, Hey, you know, use your nitro boost that you pay for on us on this one server out of like 80 that you're in. Like, and it's, it's been not, we've always had at least, you know, one or two people who are willing to do that, but that's what sucks too. There's you know, whatever. Do you not get anything at all really from like two people boosting the server? Cause you need the 15 for the next level. There's nothing in between. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just just give me the fucking flat rate price. Like I said, I'll write it off on the business taxes. Easy. No problem. Like here I, I let me give you the itemized list of what I want and you tell me how much that costs and we'll, we'll both walk away happy. But then they have so many people using their platform like do they really have the bandwidth to deal with that? And I get that too. I love Discord. Like for all its many little, you know, intricate flaws and all that, they provide an excellent service that has been nothing but life-changing and beautiful and fantastic for absolutely it it brings me back to uh playing xbox live like i i've gone away from that experience for so long and i come back uh going on discord and then i'm like oh wow this is like the same experience except more of a community than it is just people i talk to on the xbox like when they want to, when they want to talk about social media, this is the truest social media I've exactly. ever interacted I with. Hate, I don't want to see people like I, I never liked the Facebook uh, way of social media. I wanted what I loved about Facebook was like the groups and all of that, and that's like this on crack. It's you. It's, there's it's so many groups you can join and you can mingle and and it is very. The whole idea that there's a fact that there's a server list and you can see the people in the chat and just drop in. There's no, hey, invite them to the call. That is the biggest thing. It's less jumps that people have to do to get to the call, the better. And it's fun. And And they've just made it install, click, join. That's it. It's so easy to kind of set it up to your specific needs, right? Like you, you can make it into whatever you want you can make a, you know, a private place that's just for people to literally, you know, design video games. Like there's so many games that could not exist without discord essentially. I mean, sure they could, but they have the whole discord thing set up so that it streamlines their, their development process. And that works for them. And for us, like we have the community areas and then we have the private areas that are just, you know, for us to talk business or work on things or whatever. And, you can you can make pick up lobby uh, discords. You can, there's so many ways you can bend it. And I'm, I used to have a Discord study group when I was going to college. Like it's it provides so much 
custom. And it's way better than what Teams does. Like Teams tries to kind of do something like Discord, but Discord's way too fucking good. Teams is ass, man. <laughs> yeah. Like we use Teams at work, and I'm just like, man, I will set up, I will run the Discord server just to not have to use Teams like easily. <laughs> And it's free. That's the other thing. Is it's free, and I don't see a single fucking advertisement ever on Discord, which is crazy. I don't know how they make money other right. than the Nitro shit. And yet, and, that, and it, the more I talk about it, the more I feel bad about not <laughs> paying for it. But I just really. I think they're working on like a noise. You clearly didn't access. read the terms of service, I guess. Well, I know they're selling our shit. You know, like they own everything we post, essentially. Yeah, and that's. Uh... That's like gold in these Selling times. information. Yeah, you're right. Now I'm depressed. <sighs> okay, so what's the price point? Like, how much do I have to pay Discord to like, but not mine? I'm sure. I'm assuming I would have to then beat the price of whatever they're paying for my information. Which is pennies, which is I'm sure I can't do. <laughs> it's uh, it's all in bulk, right, Flambo? Mm-hmm. The problem is you don't even know all of your information. No, not my metadata. Okay. He doesn't even know his wedding date. I do. Oh. <laughs> well, how much is it? I, I would tell you how I remember it, but that would involve uh, giving giving away too much information publicly. My wedding date is just so easy. <laughs> I know this one. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I'm not forgetting it. <laughs> Is it 420? Of course. It's birthday. Yeah, let's birthday. She decided to... She, she opted for that date. I'm like, okay, I can remember that one. <laughs> Isn't it also World Weed Day? World Weed Day. Yeah. It's four, 420. If you see some, uh, somebody with 420, you know he's a pothead. Mm-hmm. Well, for nine years now, 420 is just celebrated over the entire world as my wedding date. Everyone's Everyone is smoking weed for my wedding date. Isn't it nice? I love mm-hmm. you guys. Oh, man. I think, uh, I think that's beautiful, Flambo. <laughs> I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Before we uh, kind of call it quits on this thing, is there anything anyone else would like to throw out topic-wise? Like, I'll, I'll go for as long as y'all want. But I don't can, can you just do a recap for me uh, from the beginning again, please? Because I missed parts. Yeah, we, we with many interjections, we went through the kind of the history of in the Keep podcast. We went through a lot of the episodes and reflected back on the ones that I thought were really special to me. Um, we talked about the potential for esports to have a world stage in either the Olympics or the world games. Um, had a can't had a brief tangent about Fortnite when we were discussing. Fuck the- you. <laughs> he had a brief tangent about how much he loves Fortnite while we were discussing. the. No, epic- I'm epic- glad that video games are video games, not <laughs> and, fucking. And yeah, dildo. I guess the this is. The point where uh, Hadoukant has to challenge a motherload in a grudge match, like organ grinder, 
in uh, Fortnite, I guess. No. No, in chess. I, I wouldn't even... No, that's not a real. That's not a real game. Make it a game. I'll play four. I'll play real chess. I'll play. I'll play. uh, I'll play Doom Eternal. Me and Uncle had in uh, War Fort Duel. Oh yeah, you're you're going down. I would destroy you. (laughs) No practicing beforehand. We have to be as rusty as shit. I would absolutely destroy you. 100%. 100%. No, I wouldn't even think twice about it. I think last time I won, what was it, 10 to negative 15? No, I'm just kidding. I don't think it's ever been that bad, but like, I am more confident in the fact that I'll show up ready to play and you'll get nervous knowing you're on, you're on camera. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to be on camera. Yes, you are going to be on camera. Yeah, you got to be on camera. No, I'm going to be streamed. I'm not going to be on camera. No, you have to You have to do a, a promo video. Oh, oh I'm doing the promo video. Don't worry. No, don't no, 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 no. I got a better one. We just let uh, Mrs. Kant uh, stream it and commentate it. I would... We need to elaborate for people who heard like two hours ago when we said that. Um, we're not calling her Mrs. Cunt. We're calling her Mrs. Cunt, like Hadou Cunt. Um, it's my evil alter ego that they keep calling me, and I keep telling them that's not me. That was your name for like years, and then you just had a, a nephew and decided to change it. So it's like. Well, that and people called it Hadou Sant, and I was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they are not masters of the English language. Uh, sorry for my bad Neither language. am I. <laughs> anyway, was it Mitch? I have no doubt in my mind. <laughs> if you and I played 1v1 organ grinder grudge match in War Fork, I would demolish you. I would absolutely win. Okay, whatever you say. So that was the recap for the last 100. Madeleine, what's your forecast? Mm-hmm. What's your forecast for the next 100? Um, to uh, keep doing it. So looking I, into I the future, just like episode 200, what will you be recapping then, hopefully? Uh, episode 200. I'm trying to like just imagine who episode 200 would be even, like what would we have done by then? It's impossible to extrapolate on what we've done so far. I think we're going to do a lot more non-just boomer shooter type stuff, like tremendously more. I've gotten a lot more into that community because of my work with Call of Ragnar. Uh, we already have a bunch of people that are not recorded yet, but are kind of lined up from the RPG community. Um, I also think that In the Keep itself will continue to grow in the uh, esports production side of things. So we'll probably have a lot more representation of that kind of stuff on the podcast. I believe that this will become, it will, it will always stay the same and that it's like candid and chill and like conversational and all that. Mm-hmm. But I think that as we move into the more industrial, you know, like profitable sides of things, we're going to hear a lot more about my adventures um, learning that business and doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I I hope that this podcast will be like a, a tool that and it already kind of is, but like the indie devs can listen to and say like, that's possible for me. That's a, and that's an obtainable goal that I just heard someone say, and I can do that myself. And it'll, it'll be like a, 
a sub- a thing you could subscribe to that's a constant wealth of knowledge for them to do what they do better. Okay. Well, let's see how much you can uh, get out of that. That's just a forecast. Mm-hmm. 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 Forecasts are good for about three days, and then it's just like, Mrah. Yeah, still. I wish you well in the coming 100 episodes. I wish you well, too. Thank you. Coming 100 episodes of Talking Doom with Flynn. <laughs> and uh, uh, you will see. <laughs> I need to find a new guest. <clears throat> going to be hard. Have me on there. Oh, absolutely. We can do that. And we've got to have Nationwide moves back yes. then. Uh, oh. Nationwide insurance? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Lord. When's the last time anyone's even heard from Nationwide moves? Uh, me? Uh, three hours ago. I didn't get a message. Mm, okay. I did. He doesn't care about me. He does care a lot about you. He misses it. He, it. he is arranging for his own place where he then will also have fiber optic connection so he will then be more able to jump in voice chat without cutting off without dropping off and he can even play online games again so you will see more from him again I miss you Moose I miss Moose too, he was so great but yeah, busy times, busy life working on, working offshore and if you're listening when we go in trucking again, I got the playlist. Yeah, I would like to load it up. I remember I him like trucking dedicate. with the traffic mod. That was fun. I'd like to dedicate episode 100 of In the Keep to Nationwide Moose. Oh, absolutely. Maybe come back. All right. He has a nationwide size heart, and it's not a condition. Yeah, that guy is just amazing. I'm really blessed to be one of his friends and to have him as a friend. There are so many people I could say that about now, like that I wouldn't have had if not for this podcast. I keep sucking up to people. <clears throat> Just kidding. I mean, okay. Just kidding. Got him. And it 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 goes the other way around too. I'm also blessed with you. We are all blessed with you. So, whatever. It's always great hanging out with you guys. Don't they get so sappy about it, Jesus? Let's get naked and come. And come. Spicy. All right, I'm ending it. This is this is getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs>